Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. We're here on the deck of our superstar destroyer of our fleet, the main show, Four Center, episode 194. Joseph, yeah, that's not a special number, but it's a big number. <laughs> it's a hundred plus a famous docking bay. Yeah, it is. Uh, we're going to the journey of the hero's blade today. 
Yeah. This is our fourth center road to the Rise of Skywalker series. <laughs> Let's get as many colons as <laughs> yeah. possible into the title of, of the episode. Main um, show, colon, 94. I'm 194. Ex- I'm excited about this one because uh, when we get to it, uh, Joseph has really traced the journey of this hero's blade and made me, uh, it, it already has made me stop and really think about awesome. that blade in the original trilogy. There's so the much going on it. with that lightsaber. Love it. Uh I also want to apologize up top. I have been battling something, so now that I sound a little weird, I might occasionally uh, run away and cough in a corner and come back, uh, <laughs> and I don't want to put the uh, the heavy lifting on Joseph for all the things. He always do, already does so much great research for these questions, but uh, just a heads up even to you, Joseph. It's, it's uh, right. you know, we're powering through. Absolutely. You can just say, I have to clear my throat now, and it will become a fun uh, fun part of the podcast dynamic. A new uh, Force Center drinking game. Uh, before we get going, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we'll have our Force Center recommends. Alright, it's a big week for Star Wars, Joseph, so people should know that Mandalorian's coming out, Fallen yeah. Order... Um, who knows what other news and information we're dropping, <laughs> but we have a lot to talk to today. But we also always like to check in, and I had a little weird, fun Star Wars adventure, but I want to hear your oh, yeah? life adventures a as well. A little weird. That's well. Was a fun one. All yeah. right, we'll build up anticipation. <laughs> uh, you know, I, it, I, when we look at that every week, when I look at, oh, any Star Wars or life adventures, I'm like, oh, what did I do this week? There's always so much Star Wars, and right now I feel like, I love how much content there is, but it's like, can I, I need to squeeze some other life in around Star Wars. So yeah. uh, I have done, uh, worked on some great writing projects and blah, blah, blah. The Star Wars adventure I had this week is uh, we're going to be talking about Resistance Reborn, doing a review later this week. Right. Uh, I've had the Poe Dameron comics downloaded. Uh, from Comixology, and I finally was just like, all right, I want to dive in, because they tie into Resistance Reborn. Spoiler. Um, not really. Uh, and damn, they were great. Yeah. Like, they were, uh, I knew that they were written by Charles Sewell, mm-hmm. but it's really, he's been doing so much, like, Force stuff, Vader yeah. stuff. It was great to see him tackle that kind of other side of Star Wars that is, mm. you know, Poe Dameron's so fascinating, because he's a little part of the, the Leia DNA of, like, I am a yeah. career... Soldier, I have res- I, responsibility, duty, I'm all in. And he's the Han Solo side of the yeah. charming, roguish, well, I don't know, I'll just blast and charm my way out of everything. Figure it out. Man, so great. I, so I read the whole series oh, yeah. o- over like three days. Wow. In like an irresponsible way when I should not have. Sure. Like I didn't finish an important writing <laughs> deadline yesterday because I, could do that I was worried about Poe Dameron. What, what does uh, that finish up as? Like 28, 29, 30, 31 30? issues and then two annuals. Annual. Yeah, yeah. And man, especially I, I had been really waiting because I knew that there was some stuff toward the end mm. that used post Last Jedi time as framing device. Right. And the little bit of stuff that's there is juicier than I than I realized. Mm-hmm. At least for me, yeah. the, the kind of person who gets a lot out of little moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so man, I can't even I can't recommend that enough. I really, really like it. It's got that sense of fun Star yeah. Wars adventure, weird creatures, fast ships, and it just makes me really uh, love Poe even more than I already did. Weird creatures, fast ships, space eggs, I believe. Oh, yeah. Point. What did you think about that 
um, issue. Uh, it's I guess spoiler for anyone who hasn't read it. It's been out a bit, but but you're one, someone who just read it, so I don't want I want to be respectful of anyone else out there. But the issue with uh, R two and BB eight catching up about the war, amazing! It, it totally suckered me. And I a, yeah. after after I got it, I was like, oh yeah, I had heard about that. There's great stuff about droids yeah. throughout, right? There's it li- really gives three PO a chance to shine. BB eight yeah. is the MVP. You know, Poe's always like, luck will get me through. It's like, no, Poe, BB eight <laughs> got you through. Almost every time. So yeah. droids are a, a hero of that run. And that was amazing. I uh, mean, yeah, it's yeah. Basically, it you, know, you don't realize the droids are talking. And then when you it, yeah. it makes you go, well, who? Yeah. it's so well written to go like, well, who is there to know that? Who would have that insight? Right. Oh, it's not. Neither of these people are talking about Poe because even Poe doesn't talk about himself in the third person. <laughs> right. Right. And then yeah. The little, so beautiful. Little clue of them mentioning every astromech droid. You're just like, oh, you know, I guess Wedge knows all the droids. You yeah. Know? Or you're like, was, yeah. Is it just Pava? Because yeah. there's that great through line of her having some droid oh, troubles. Yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. I started. Uh, mm. I don't do this normally with the comics because we don't actively review the comics. Maybe yeah. we will someday. But it's like. I'm reading this fast. I'm watching and listening to so many things. I want to remember some of these beats. Hmm. So I started taking notes just like for myself so I can scroll through and go, oh, yeah, oh, that. Yeah. So much good stuff there. Um, Non-Stores Life Adventure that I wanted to throw out real quick just because uh, I think it is important to have non-Star Wars <laughs> adventures. My wife and I finally saw the movie Parasite. Okay, uh, yeah. I think if you if it is playing in a city where you are at, I would highly recommend it. Uh, I love everything Star Wars, but in some ways... Uh, there are thematic elements that I think speak to Star Wars, but in some ways it was a different than Star Wars experience. I knew the director that he had made Snowpiercer. I knew that the film had got great buzz Mm. and I knew that it uh, was in English subtitles. Mm. That's all I knew about the movie. And it was an amazing experience to see a movie Mm. just totally free of any of that. Going and I'm not going to say anything about the movie other than the movie itself also is free of genre limitations okay. and free of expectations and hype and is just laser focused on telling its own story. And, uh, you know, there's all this debate right now with yeah. Scorsese, I was just, I was just Scorsese say, would you versus call this Marvel. Cinema? I would call that cinema. <laughs> I would also call Attack of the Clones cinema. And I'm happy <laughs> to debate it uh, because the debate ends with it's subjective. We're done. <laughs> Great debate. Um, yeah. So I, I, I it was I saw it Saturday night. I, I'm privileged yeah. to be in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Went to the Arclate Hollywood. Uh I saw it on Saturday night at 7.15 with an almost entirely full theater. Nice. So it was just like, the yep, the the world is changing. There's room for blockbusters like Marvel and Star Wars, and there's room for amazing, very different pieces of cinema like yeah. uh, like Parasite. Huh, uh, there you go. That's a Scrimshaw Recommends yeah, right there. Yeah, Scrimshaw Recommends. All right, so uh, yeah. your Star Wars well, and or life adventures. It's funny you mentioned Attack of the Clones. <laughs> uh, real busy week. We always have busy weeks here uh, when you're working hard, chasing your dreams. But I got sick, and that kind of forced me to slow down at times. Yeah. I uh, put in Attack of the Clones, uh, the Blu-rays, 
Now, our listener, First Rate Nate, recently sent me out the Blu-rays as a gift. Aw, nice. He's also been sending us the figures. Yes, thank you, First Rate Nate. He spoils us. Yeah. He had heard me say in an episode that I don't have the Blu-rays. Well, I'm going to correct that, he said. <laughs> and if you're local to Central Coast, California, First Rate Nate, floor and roofing. All right, this is a you know payola, like an old radio scandal. No, he sent me this, and I was touched and honored, and I, I put him in, and uh, I, I put in Tech Clones. I had to do some writing, and I like to have stuff on in the background. And I said, oh, the commentary track. I have never heard the commentary track. Oh, wow. Have you taken the commentary I track? Have, is, is this one spliced together from lots of different yes. interviews? Okay. Yes. Well, there's the interviews from the cast, and then there's one that is Lucas, John Knoll, Rick McCallum. Uh, oh, my gosh, a gentleman. I cannot remember his name. Uh, and then Ben Burt. Okay. Um, I'd probably listen, if it's the same one that was on like yeah. the DVD, I probably listened to it back in the day, but I'm not remembering anything. So I, I never, never just gone through, never heard it. And, and it's pretty fascinating. You talk about George, George just absolutely like, Hey, this is based on 1940s, uh, noir, 1930s serials, which is what star Wars is based on. By the way, that's also the acting style. It's supposed to be 1930s acting, all these things. And I'm just like, okay, George, go for it. Yep. And then there were some wonderful little George moments early on in the opening <laughs> scene. They are is the first character revealed, right? Yeah. He's, he's the first one you really see the shot. And he says that and George is very proud about that. He's just like, R2's. And, and he goes, ultimately, this is his story. That's a very George thing, right? Right. Literally, like the next sequence, the explosion happens. And I think it's Ben Burt who's editing. He goes, um, oh, we realized um, Archie wasn't in this scene. And so we had to add him in digitally. <laughs> and I'm like, there you go, George. And all the way through to here, it's it's now running. I'm convinced he does it on purpose. But to hear George go, uh, Nebu, Dauku, Han. All the way through. All the way through. And you got Rob Coleman. He's in there, too, talking about Dooku, Naboo. And you got George. Well, we we shot on Nabow yeah. uh, tonight. And, and it was just fascinating. I love George Lucas and his to get his insight into this, the commentary. And there's things I didn't pick up, like on the balcony scene when, when Anakin's out there just staring and Padme comes out and like, hey, you're dreaming again. It had been raining that day, and I didn't know there's rain. You see it, but they shot it as a sunday, sunny, sunshiny day. Okay, and you see rain. I didn't see it. It's, it's, yeah. it's it's still great to learn something new about Star Wars after all these years. Yeah, and oh, that's so funny. Continual uh, stewards. There's some other. There were some other great George moments. Oh, and the, I, I was going to ask you. This is yeah. put this to the public. So <laughs> it's to my belief, stormtroopers not clones. Right? Yes, that's official. That is official now. Now. It was no. not back in the day because I, let me guess. Yes. They're talking about putting in Django bumping his head on yes. purpose because they thought it was funny that it was a genetic default. hundred percent. Stormtroopers didn't clear doorways. hundred percent. And there was a couple <laughs> of the references from George about stormtroopers and clones being one and the same. Yeah. I think that was the decision for a while. A while. Okay. And, I, and I and I like where it is yeah. now for the right. I love and I love in the uh, Vader comic, the the uh, soul one where, you know, the, you got the last batch of the clones talking about being the Camino. Yeah. Being shut down. Anyways, I'm just listening to it just like, George, do you not? What do you do? Do you just not do you just make it up as you go? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like he it, it is a fun mystery. Yeah. He is Alpha and Omega. He has planned it all and he has planned nothing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and you get these things that are like, damn, he always meant that part of it. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, did you? 
are you, are you just riffing and you forgot that you forgot R2 in our note? Like, yeah, I've told you before, my favorite George Lucas interview is uh, these old uh, DVDs, not even Blu-rays yeah. from 2008 of uh, Indiana Jones interview about Temple of Doom. And he lists all of these reasons for like 20 minutes why Temple of Doom had to be so dark and then says at the end. It's my least fe- favorite, though. I like happy movies. <laughs> After he's <laughs> talked about how he made, he said it's the second chapter, but it can't be a sequel because we didn't yeah. want to deal with Marion. But this is the the three <laughs> act structure. You go down into the belly of the beast and all this stuff. This like, the- but I don't really like it. <laughs> like, well, then why did you make everyone do it, George? That's hilarious. There was some more stuff at the end, but uh, I I just love. And, and, oh yeah, he talked about uh, Mace Window, and he's got some jack, and he said something about. You know, you know, Mace Windy. We know is a character in, in the early drafts, right? Of of new of of the Star Killer adventure, yeah. whatever it is. Um, and he says, "Yeah, when I, you know, to be able to finally get to do something with him after you know I had this character written for thirty years." <laughs> Excuse me, and it's just like, did you? <laughs> did you have that character written you, for thirty years? You had a, a name written. <laughs> there goes nice the coffin. Finally, um, yeah, have your first drink for center listeners. Yeah, yeah, of juice or alcohol, alcohol. whatever you like. It was just fascinating. God, I loved it. Yeah, I'm that's, gonna, it, I'm gonna it's, watch the other it's so great, and it is nice to be just at a sort of a place of peace with it, of like not uh, uh, of getting to listen to George and decide like what what do you think he did always intend versus <laughs> what is him riffing, changing his mind, you know, all that kind of thing. There is the thing of the quote about midi chlorians from '77 that has been he added the word midi chlorians in like 2006 to the quote. Wow. Wow, that, that <laughs> Excuse is me, everyone, amazing. drink again. Yeah, because there's an actual quote that, that flows right into it. Yeah. Like, you look at it go, George had a handle on what the force was and everything in yeah. his mind, but then they add, like, a quote about many chlorians, and they say from 77, but it's kind of been proven that that was added for that book making of Star Wars in 2006 Yeah, yeah. One last thing to, to yes. say on, on the Lucas phenomenon, uh, and then we, we will move on from just the... Yeah. Hey, how do the episodes get long again? Uh, we haven't even started the news. You know, it's it, there's. I am fascinated because I love them both and love their creations both. They're the same basic age. The the connections between George Lucas and David Lynch. Yeah. David Lynch on purpose works from a very. Uh, I'm just looking inside myself and I am just following my instincts. And yeah. uh, you know, he he has personal beliefs that reflect the force of like if I look inside, I will also know the truth of the <laughs> universe and I, whatever comes yeah, yeah. out. And like Laura Dern has a great quote about working with David Lynch, where she says. Sometimes she'll have an epiphany or she'll read something and she'll go to David Lynch and go, hey, did you know when you insisted on having this incredibly weird shot of a piece of beef or whatever that it perfectly supports this thematic statement of your movie? And and David Lynch will go, oh, I guess that's why I did that. (laughs) And there's like this acceptance of working from an intuitive place and a piece of art evolving and sometimes I wonder if, like, Star Wars is that. Yeah. Like, at least George Lucas created Star Wars, that it is that. But that's not the way that George Lucas thinks or talks about it, <laughs> even though the philosophy of his own creation supports that. Uh, that's a fascinating study. There's a yeah. lot of truth to that. Yeah. We love digging in. Yeah, Shoot. yeah. So now we are going to move on, though, and we are going to dig into the news, right? We're going to dig it, dig it, dig it, dig it, dig it, box. That we're counts gonna, as a drink. That counts as a drink. We're going to dig into the news. A lot to talk uh, about. We're going to start with this one here. Uh, Joseph, uh, Ryan Johnson uh, was out at a screening. Chris Evans sitting next to him for Knives Out. Uh, I'm very excited to see Knives Out. I'm sure yeah. you are as well. A lot of our listeners probably as well. Um, it's about a two-minute clip, and he talks about Star Wars fandom. 
And he says a lot of wonderful things. And I, I think we don't deserve Ryan and all those kind of things. But there was one thing, and I, I don't have the quote written in front of me. Maybe you, you remember it a little bit more. But he basically said, all Star Wars, you know, Star Wars fandom's great. Even the ones who kind of disagree. I'm paraphrasing so, so much. But, you know, the ones who didn't like the movie because of, you know, racial issues or diversity issues, I think he says, boop, them. Like he yeah. just really, and and that got spun off into stories yeah. and clickbait videos, because of course it is. Yeah. Um, and we just want to talk about the overall big picture and that, that comment and our thoughts on it. Yeah, the way I saw it, and I think this is maybe the way uh, the world saw it, is somebody who, who uh, agreed with that statement, mm-hmm. clipped just that out and tweeted it. And then was like, oh, yeah, maybe mm. I should include the rest of this, which I think is just in general. Right. Uh, that's And that's from someone who agreed with everything he was saying. And I, I think we all have to remember, we don't know when something that we post will go viral. Right. And it's, you know, great to give things as much context as possible always. So putting the things in context that he mostly said, lovely, yeah, thoughtful things about Star Wars. And I think the thing that that really struck a chord with me. And I think a lot of people is he said some things that he said before about, um, look, uh, people are passionate about star Wars. So of course people are going to debate it and that's part of the fun. And if you didn't like the movie or thought it should have been gone this way, that's fine. That's great. And then the powerful thing that I think he said is that even with the perception that he is inundated with hate, that's like 5% of what he gets. Yeah. And 95% of what he gets is love. And I'm paraphrasing what he said, but mm-hmm. saying like the Star Wars fandom should really celebrate mm-hmm. that they are m- much better, m- more positive, more a force of light mm-hmm. than our discussion about them. That we yeah. should kind of take ownership of our fandom back yeah. and say, hey, a lot of us want to talk about this positively want to debate this respectfully and all that stuff. And I think you and I experienced that in the flesh at, at star Wars celebration, right? Absolutely. You, you go around and you just feel the joy and love and all your interactions. Um, I'm sure we interacted with some people who don't agree with your eyes insight into last Jedi or feelings about last Jedi. I'm sure we did. Oh yeah. But no one came up and said, ah, they all said, hey, man, love Star Wars, love your show. Let's, you know, and that's the spirit yeah. that Ryan was talking about, how it goes back to the playground. It's built in. Debating who would beat who in a Star Wars fight um, goes back to the, the, the early days of being a fan. And so he understood. And I think going – he said something along the lines of, uh, you know, I wasn't surprised. I knew this was going to be the case because this is Star Wars. Yeah. And he, was, he said, I was in my early 20s when the prequels came out. Which, that, yes, that's another great thing yeah. he says because you do get that either uh, possibly ignorance, possibly denial yeah. from people. Somebody had tweeted at me, you know, a while back. I put it in a stand-up routine because it's so absurd about – I oh, yeah. wish it was like before when George Lucas ran everything and everyone got along. <laughs> just, just like, no, no, I lived that fight. No, <laughs> no. Uh, so yeah. that's, that's a great point as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that that idea of it's super fine to have different opinions and different tastes in the problem, like Star Wars, mm. you know, spends a few hours pointing out is hate, hate. <laughs> it's anger and hate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, um, like even at Star Wars Celebration, I, it was so great when I had conversations with the fans saying, how do you feel about the trailer? And I was like, oh, man, I'm so excited about mm-hmm. Palpatine. And they're like, ah, I want to be, but I think it's going to be dumb the way they bring him back. And then right. just be able to talk about that. Right. And just say, like, hey, well, here's some different ways to look at, like, 
That's great. That's and that's back to that the spirit of the the playground. Could Boba Fett beat up IG eighty eight? Is Dengar awesome or a loser? Like you know, like, yeah. great. Let, let's let's have those just conversations. Yeah, you know, and should should Luke have been on Kratom person and kicked ass, or should he? Or is this more powerful to show this mastery and this pacifism? Like that's a great and fun discussion. As long as it's just like it's just that, and it's yeah. not. Anger and hate. Anger and hate and, and ignorance. Um, yeah, and I think, uh, you know, we saw Ryan. He's consistently just been as best as he can be under the circumstances. But the only time he's kind of lost a little bit is when it started really big with the Kelly Murray trans stuff. Yeah. And that's when you should lose it. And and I, I loved what I remember going back that day when he was just like, kind of like, knock it, knock it off. It's disingenuous to say this isn't what it is. This is, this is born out of, out of racism, uh, probably sexism as well with yep. Kelly Murray Tran. That's what this is. And then to, if you're out there and you use that like against yourself as if like, no, I just don't like the character. Well then number one, just check yourself, just check, check your tone. Yeah. Check, maybe, maybe you're being tone deaf to the conversation. Uh, that's been something big with me and recently just, you know, surrounded by it sometimes talking about Benny off and Weiss. I think one of their biggest sins is they are just kind of tone deaf to some things. Tone deaf. Yep. Um, uh, on show, in show stuff. Yeah. And, 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 to go have anything launch back at Ryan again. And it hasn't been a ton, but I just, we saw some of it coming around some of the videos this weekend of, oh, here we go again. First Freddie Prince Jr. comes after us. Now Ryan again. It's just like, and I, I don't give those videos the, the clicks, but it's like that. It's just not honest. It comes from such a hateful place. And I just am so proud that Ryan's still not afraid to go and say that. Yeah. And that, that's the thing is he goes out of his way to make in that, in the full clip mm-hmm. to make what he is saying clear is if you dislike the last Jedi, cause you have different star Wars tastes, opinions. Cool. Yeah. The only problem, the only people I'm speaking to is if someone who just doesn't think a girl should be the star yeah. or someone who, who doesn't think that an Asian woman should be in star Wars. And if that's what you dislike, then again, from, for myself, yeah. learning the lessons of star Wars, there is a, it, there's a line that you have to say, this isn't acceptable to me. Right. And stand up for what you believe in. Yeah. And that's what he's saying is, great. If you truly, truly don't think Rose works as a character and there's not an ounce of racism or sexism in it, mm-hmm. fine. But if it truly is, yeah. it shouldn't be an Asian woman here, then that's getting to that point where tolerance can be tolerant of everything but intolerance. Right. And that's that. To, to me and to my, my opinions of Star Wars, that's why the Jedi are like, mm. violence has no place. Except the Sith will kill everyone. <laughs> so we do have to say no to that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, oh. it's, it's just a very real world version yeah. of the, those thought processes. Of being of, a Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Of, yeah. That racism and sexism are just not okay. And if you're honestly arguing yeah. that... I think racism and sexism in Star Wars should be okay. I think that's a fine point to say this isn't about taste. This yeah. isn't about whether Luke should have physically been on crate or mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. This is about an actual, you actually don't want certain people to yeah. thrive and be seen and be heard and be valued. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we just wanted to touch upon it. Yeah. And I love that comment. Uh, and I love Ryan Johnson. Yeah. I hope he makes more Star Wars, man. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. Hey, speaking of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob declares a hiatus. Um, 
So this is uh, Bob Iger held IgerCon for the Q4 2019 earnings call with investors and declared the Star Wars movies on hiatus. So let's just stop right there, Joseph. Um, <laughs> this this was, I want to say, Thursday, Friday last week. I can't remember. Every day rolls into one. Uh, I, w- I wasn't listening to this call at all, but this, this comes out via tweets to, I think, some reporters uh, on the call. Yeah. My first reaction, I want your first reaction. My first reaction was like, yeah, uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, he already said that. Yes. This was confirmation, not news yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah. Proof by that, I went to, there's a lot of articles covering, because again, this the story was based out of tweets, yeah. live tweet, people live tweeting the call. So every news story was more like, I think I chose Cinema Blend to kind of read through it. It's just like Cinema Blend recapping everything. But I did like a Google search and I found a couple other stories and I went, oh, here we go. And I started – I even put them, started putting them in our notes. I put one from Bloomberg here, uh, the website in April. And I realized, oh, wait, it's from April. <laughs> it's literally the same story. Right. It's when they announced the uh, release dates for a bunch of movies yes. for, for their slate, including Fox yeah. and uh, the and not Fox, Avatar. Avatar. Uh, yeah. Here's here's his exact quote. Uh, in the Star Wars case, uh, Star Wars 9, which I love he calls it Star Wars 9, <laughs> comes out this December, will be the last of the Skywalker saga, and will go on a hiatus for a few years before the next Star Wars feature. Uh, he it goes on to talk about uh, they're very present with TV shows and more, and he felt, I think it's important, felt Star Wars and Marvel, those brands go way beyond just being movie franchises. Uh, that's pretty evident there. He, he quite in Nothing he said, Joseph, did he officially pull back the already announced December 16th, 2022 release date? Nope. Uh, just a little bit of Benioff and Weiss, uh, you know, did not say if that's tied into the decision to bring in Feige a couple months ago when this decision on Benioff and Weiss uh, happened a couple months ago. Makes sense. That tracks a little bit. Um, he just simply said, yeah, and we won't have Star Wars films for a couple years. Yeah. Not new. Yeah. Treated as new. Yes. And it's not <laughs> responding to any new catalyst. Yes. Yeah. This has been the plan for a while. I think Solo, the response to Solo's box office results. Yeah. Was and I think the appearance of Disney Plus, where like, oh well, great, we we actually not only have another place to put Star Wars yeah. content, but a need yeah. to put Star Wars content there. Totally. That that there's a win win of you. Hey, you get this uh, on Disney Plus, and then you get a build up in a decision to go. Yeah, let's make the movies events. Yeah, or at least this one Which that is- will probably come in 2022. And I, I we, we bring this up another way. It's in the news cycle for this week for Star Wars. But again, like I, I guess it's mostly my Facebook page with some of the friends. It's like <laughs> I see some of these stories used as current evidence while while it, why it's all failing. See, it's going on hiatus. I've seen a lot of oh, I, I thought Kathleen Kennedy was doing a good job. I uh, I was told this. And now it's going on hiatus, and I've decided to stop fighting those friends online. <laughs> um, these are friends. These are not people in the industry who are just fans. These are people yeah. I've wrestled with or worked with. I've decided to not fight them anymore. Uh, uh, you know, I'm going to go hang hang with the people I love, not hang with people uh, want to destroy me. But it just, I don't want to go around clickbait busting, Joseph, but I, know, I just, it's I so hard not to when you're just like, there's nothing here. Dig into the headline and listen to what Bob's saying. Yeah, I, well, I think it's important. I think it to check the headline, I won't even get into it, but there was for like a uh, one of the uh, Democratic candidates mm-hmm. the last day, there was a direct misquote that everyone mm. piled on and the reporter oh, really? tweeted out. He literally didn't. It's not even context. I transcribed this wrong. 
And he didn't say this highly inflammatory <laughs> thing that everyone has been reacting to. So I just think it, it's Star Wars, but it's also real life, man. Oh, yeah. We, we got to read past the headlines, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Take, taking a moment uh, does not mean you, you lose the passion for your beliefs or anything. It just means like, all right, let me make sure I'm tweeting out something that's that's yeah accurate to yeah. better represent me it's such a yeah. um and it, that goes for star wars in life wow. it's a way yeah. for society to to accidentally manipulate itself like i imagine palpatine yes. sitting in his senate chamber uh, you know with his darth sidious hood up sending out tweets <laughs> getting and i don't even mean that as a direct correlation to any yeah. uh, any current uh, political leaders i just mean that as it, yeah. it is easy to spread misinformation and it is easy for us to allow ourselves to be manipulated the same way like Jar Jar was, you know, <laughs> sending out a tweet. Like, it's too bad. <laughs> I love that you said that. No, this is so this is so true. I'm glad it is. We're not going to go hours into real life conversation here, but it's so we, you know, we know there's n- manipulated news or headlines. You yeah. know, your grandmother tweets something out about some website. Yeah. Uh, uh, Liberty dot forever dot org dot net dot dot That stuff happens. That's it's hard enough. We have to deal with that. Yeah. But I, I've seen some so many people and I'll just put it to Star Wars where people text me, people I know, like, is this true? And I'm like, <laughs> have you? Just stop for a second. Yeah. Look at we got this movie web blog dot bloated dot net. Do you think they're in the business? Number one and two. Yeah. Look beyond the headline. Yeah, just read the article. And then don't tweet it out because then you've just done what Joseph said. You've tripped up yourself. Yes. In the at seeking truth. Don't uh, jar jar the Internet. Don't jar jar. <laughs> uh, this is my favorite story of the week, Joseph. Okay. We're, we're going to get to some business stuff and a real t- well, a real touching story. The Billy Lord thing going around. That's that's also one of my favorites. But uh, looking ahead to the Kenobi series, uh, right? Hossein Amini uh, sat with Michael Slavin at Discussing Film. It is a juicy interview. Yeah. And it talks a lot about other Drive and uh, the Aliens, a lot of other things um, Amini's worked on. Um, but And I'm just going to run some stuff, Joseph, but I feel free to jump in and yeah. let's, let's freeform this a little bit here because here's some highlights. Okay, he joined the project two years ago after originally being contacted by the film version's director, Stephen Daldry. Uh, it starts shooting in July. We had heard February. Those, those days, yeah. Jay, he's can, not going to be... Can we just talk about the two years? Yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah. dive in. Let's do it. Yeah, because I think uh, that means that he has been working on the movie. Yeah. Had been working on the movie version because that Daldry announcement, I will always remember... Mm-hmm. Because it was on my birthday, right? Happy uh, birthday, Joseph. Yeah, yes. I believe it, and I believe that was 2017, mm-hmm. right? So that would track for yeah. if Daldry comes on in August, and here in you know October, November, whenever uh, I mean he did this interview, yeah, uh, that that means he came on a couple months after. So because yeah. I have seen some people going like, oh, he came he came in just to fix the movie. No, no, he's been he's been with the project since. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pretty early on. And this would track with around the timeline that I think he took it over from uh, an Australian screenwriter um, that was going to announce it at D23. We're part of the announcement. And that's natural in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. As Thomas Lennon says, I want as a screenwriter, I want to get fired and another person hired because that means the movie's probably going to get made and I get paid. <laughs> um, that's just how it works yeah. uh, in general. Um, yeah. And, and then so this has been sitting around and I don't, I'm not, not throwing shade in these sites, but it's like a lot of them are exclusive. Oh, Kenobi signed on this week or McGregor signed on this week. And this project, this this is why this stuff takes this takes a long time to happen. And this was gestating for a very long time. Um 
the story, we know the time. I think there's information about, what, seven, eight years between uh, or after or Sith? Like nine years after yeah, Sith. Right. Yeah, right. Okay, sandwich kind of between the Solo cold open and the rest of Solo. Yes, yes. This right. happens while Han Solo is pining for Kira. <laughs> <laughs> that is the official era of time. Pining for Kira. Make Solo 2 happen. Um and it covers it. This is what I love. And I'm going to some specifics. And he says, covers a period of change and hardship in the galaxy. That was real tantalizing to me. Story has strong spiritual elements. He mentioned the spirituality and how he himself studies history and religion t- as well. And he adds fun and action. Yeah. It's not going to be a man sitting around a campfire. <laughs> uh, it goes into, we'll talk about it more, the TV show better suited to cover the character journey plus politics and the vastness of the empire. And Obi-Wan Joseph, this should make, I'm sure this made you happy. It's one of his, Obi-Wan's one of his favorite characters saying how different he is from one film to the next is really fascinating and makes him such an iconic character. Yeah. All right. Gloves off. Let's dive into this conversation. <laughs> there is so much in this interview that uh, that made me happy and made me feel like, uh, for my two cents, he's the the kind of writer that I want to see tackling mm-hmm. Obi Wan because Obi Wan is a complex character, and he, he uh, there's a lot of undiscovered uh, internal country <laughs> for Obi Wan, but he is also placed in this very specific spot of canon. So mm-hmm. a couple of things that he he said that I really gravitated towards. Uh, earlier in the interview, before they even get to Obi-Wan, he's talking about a lot of his work has been adaptations. Mm -hmm. But, like, he was talking about how the novelization of... uh, Not the novelization, the original novel of Drive is very internal in the world. Mm -hmm. So he kind of had to half adapt it and half make up a new plot. Mm -hmm. And in, in that he really likes being in that space of adapting and yet also creating so he can put his own imprint as a writer on it and bring bring the ideas that he likes mm-hmm. and that i think is a great way to approach something like star wars where you say like yes it's vital that it is personal and fresh and new but also we do have to recognize that it's adapting yeah. a part of this existing world and particularly with an existing character and you know right in the middle of existing canon with existing right. issues to affect this character so that was really really thrilling to me uh, that idea of having just such respect for the canon yeah, yeah. and also a desire to make it personal and new and fresh. I, I, yeah, I was really taken by just, it seems like we are, you know, so dangerous to put up these expectations. We know this, but kind of what, what we've been talking about here, kind of what you've been so excited from the beginning, Joseph, of just what Kenobi's got to go through in this transition. I love, that's why I highlighted this, you know, how different he is from one film to the next. Now, he could have been also talking Phantom Menace to Attack the Clones, but we, folk, we, you and I love focusing on Revenge of the Sith to New Hope. Yeah. It's a lot of time, but his focus has changed by the time we see him in Rebels. And it's without a doubt that, that, that stuff in Rebels, it, 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 that's where the character needs to get to. Right. Something has happened by the time he is calm and wise and says, you know, look what I have overcome. He believes Luke is mm-hmm. the chosen one. He doesn't have any anger in his heart towards Maul. It's just right. sad that these old wounds need to be dealt with. Um, yeah. and, and the thing that, another thing that really excited me is, uh, is hearing, uh, Amini talk about, Loving the sort of the nature of all of the elements that Lucas uh, created with Star Wars, used right. to create Star Wars, like the the real world sort of anthropology and the history of samurai and, and digging into those big ideas. Right. But then he also said, I've been having so much fun. I know the movies well because I'm a fan, but I've been having so much fun 
watching all of the animated series. Yes. And studying them like their history, like I would study history, real world history for a different project. I get to study Star Wars history. And that was, yes. that was the thing for me of, of like, hey, I can see somebody making an awesome Obi-Wan television show right. that kind of ignores Satine in the important part yeah, of his yeah, character yeah. that early on he was tempted to leave the Jedi Order, to ignore all of these relationships that he clearly has with all these Jedi who have been wiped out, ignore where he ended up in Rebels. But the fact that this writer is looking at all that and going, yeah, excuse me, that's history. Mm-hmm. I need to put him in the proper context of his entire history. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that's just great for me and gives me so much more confidence that it's going to be an Obi-Wan who, who is a part of this, this wide tapestry of Obi-Wan stories that exist. He says this. So for Obi-Wan's character, he has a lot to adjust to given the loss of his close friends and the order that he believed in. And that's something that you've been focusing on again from the beginning. You're really, you know, Obi-Wan's your guy. You're clued into a lot of it. And, and we've talked about a lot about that, the the, 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 him sitting there, you know, in our minds, our kind of collective, maybe headcanon here, of just like going, how did we lose? How did the Jedi lose? How did what this, happened? Yeah. I, you know, what, you know, how, how could, how could I, I didn't kill Anakin on that beach and that fiery beach. Now I'm, you know, sensing that that's, that was a mistake. Like I could see Obi-Wan just wanting to deal with that and the internal conflict. Absolutely. Like in what mistakes did the order make? What is my purpose now? Because in many ways he was a like, look, uh, I've got my philosophy. I've got my outlook, but I'm just going to do what is asked of me. I am open yeah. to what the council needs and, and wants. And I, I, I will be a true Jedi. And now that failed and that's gone. And that in the room in a series like this, and he talks about internal versus external. Yeah. A lot. The room to go. I lost everything. Like it's easy for us to focus on because the prequels are kind of hard on the Jedi. Yeah. It's easiest for us to focus on like, yeah, Obi-Wan's going to r- realize that they yeah. did wrong. And yeah. like, yes, yes. But also, Obi-Wan doesn't have any attachment to where to Stu John and his family, right? <laughs> yeah. That's been his entire life. His, you know, I don't know if the Jedi have birthday parties, but everything. He grew up in the Jedi Temple. Those are his yeah. friends. Those are his family. That's his entire life. And it's yeah. wiped out. And, and I, I hope, and we'll see. Mm-hmm. I love the idea that the Force literally feels different. Yeah. This massive spiritual thing that you connect to feels rotted when he reaches out to Mm. it. And it's like, yeah, it's harder to even connect to the light side because the force itself is in this dark, twisted place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like how fundamentally hard hard. that would be to go. How am I going to move on from? I know I got this kid to look out for, but uh, nobody wants me to train him. And right now, maybe I shouldn't be. Because yeah. I rushed into training Anakin. Right. So maybe people saying, hey, hey, take a step back, asshole, and don't just go, yep, I don't care what anybody else says. I'm going to train him right now. Yeah. That's what I did for Anakin. Didn't work out for me. So I'm, I am watching over him. I do have that purpose, but I can't train him yet. And I doubt myself in training him. Right. And then you got, you you, you know, give me Joel Edgerton as, as Uncle Owen saying, get away. Yeah. I, I've told you. Yeah. I'm doing get my out. part yeah. and I'm doing it better than you. So yeah. get out of here. And Baru's, you know, <laughs> sneaking the toys in. And this, do you still, there's nothing that makes me um, think they're giving away the, the specific, you know, details here. But 
I am still leaning pretty confidently towards this Vader thing. It just makes sense. A final confrontation. The Vader thing makes sense to me because it, it uh, makes sense to me that from that return of the Jedi line of, you know, Obi-Wan once mm. thought is you did. Um, and also from his own, I need to face up to what I have done. Yeah. Uh, I need to see if I can make this right. That's the big sell to me. And, and, and I'll have some folks, uh, friends of my life, like not hatefully push back, but just like, eh, I don't know. Do we really want to see him face Vader one more time? And like, for this character, yes, because of what you just said. It isn't just like, ah, let me go save him. It's it's just, just dealing with like how it ended and what, uh, you know, where where he left it off. That I can't imagine that sits well with Obi-Wan if he senses that, that he's yeah. out there. No, no. I mean, I think he said, yeah, if he senses it, I'm sure he hears some rumblings, you know, when he goes into town. Of right. Like, we're not supposed to say the J word or talk about laser swords anymore. But have you? Yeah. I, I saw this guy on a job. I saw this monster yeah. with a blazing red sword cutting heads off and and Obi-Wan knowing. Like nine years past, like who knows if he, he, this is, I think this is probably something he's already, already aware of, but I mean, maybe we'll get some flashbacks, you know, to epiphany moments. Yeah. Uh, who knows? But yeah, it's him, it's him facing his mistake and it could be some great story for Anakin Vader too, of like, if Obi-Wan is almost able to get him back, if that's the goal, not I'm going to cut him down, but like, yeah, I have to believe he's still in there. It is so powerful when you, when you break down Obi-Wan's whole story. It is, it is such a huge and powerful part of the original trilogy that Obi-Wan truly believes there is no hope for Anakin. Luke, yeah. you are the hope. You are the chosen one. Right. You are the shining light. It's very sad, but he just has to die because he's gone and he's a monster. Yeah. Why does Obi-Wan, why does Mr. From a Certain Point of View, mm. why is he so convinced that this man that he loves, Anakin Skywalker, is gone. And like, that's juicy internal and external storytelling. Uh, you know what, Joseph? He can just fight some pirates. <laughs> well, I think uh, <laughs> even if we're wrong, even if we, yeah, even that, if this is going to be could a, be wrong. a could super be wrong. cut of us arguing for this, that's going to be made <laughs> of going, ha ha, you idiots. <laughs> even if that, the thing that he's saying about being aware of the state of the galaxy, mm-hmm. that, that does suggest to me that Obi-Wan definitely... Not yeah. just fighting some pirates, but going, there's something, the, the galaxy is being crushed under the weight of, of this oppression, and this mm-hmm. evil. Who am I if I don't do anything yeah. that he's going to intervene in something? If it's not literally Vader, maybe it is something, mm-hmm. somebody, yeah. you know, an old contact, you know, reaching out for help. But everything Amini says about um, being interested in the larger goings on in the galaxy right. makes me feel like that's the machinery of the plot. The plot. The vast is the Empire. Combine this with Deborah Chow and her resume of things we she's made. We talked about that during her the announcement yeah. uh, news news portion when she when she came on board. It's just I think it's a great team up, and we're already excited. This this article yeah. really got me excited. Ooh, yeah, so great. Uh, it's going to be on Disney Plus, and speaking of Disney Plus, it's going to be hitting important regions on March 31st. All right, so Disney Plus is launching. Well, at the time of this episode being released, it, it hopefully is already working smoothly. Yeah. Joseph, oh, uh, mysteries we, of the near future. <laughs> we are recording a day before where we can't even download the app. Arg! But uh, who, you know, who are we? We're pri- privileged to get it now because our friends in the UK, Germany, France, as I 
did a typo of Francie. Uh, <laughs> France, Italy, Spain, and uh, more, uh, some international markets, are getting it on March 31st. No price point as of yet. This is big news. There was some question. There's a lot of things I don't understand about the hows and the whys and the whats. Yeah. That is what it is. Um, so, first of all, Joseph, I guess we're happy for our international friends. Yeah. I, I made one note, which is just cruel. It's cruel it's, that well, our, our, our friends in uh, in Europe have to wait. Yeah, and include the start of the Clone Wars series. Um, we do want to address, because we've, we've got this a couple times here now, more, more than a couple times. Uh, we are going to be doing a Mandalorian review show separate here on the feed, uh, based, uh, you know, as soon as the episodes, as soon as Joseph and I can record and yeah. hopefully Jennifer's going to try to join us for some of those, maybe by phone. We're working on those details. We're going to try to keep it there. Uh, and some people are asking, are you going to keep the Mandalorian spoiler talk off the main show? I think, Joseph, is it fair to say we're going to do as best as we can Yeah, until it's impossible? Yeah, I think there's a possibility that there are, you know, there have been all this talk about things that change the state of the galaxy. I, I have no uh, need to get into small details, you know, yeah. and cool moments on the main show. I think there's that possibility that something really big happens that that it's hard to talk about a part of Rise of Skywalker without talking about right. Mandalorian. I fear those moments. Yes. But other than that, uh, we're going to try to keep the main show, the main show and the Mandalorian show the review yeah. yeah so stand for that and stand by for that and again we, we, we will give you all the spoiler warnings in the world uh, before you yeah. click off or skip ahead and we'll try to even keep it to a set time maybe if we need to again this is like joseph said if something you know jabba hut jabba the hut shows up or son of jabba <laughs> shows up and uh, he's out for revenge and, or something like that uh and, and it affects the star wars galaxy at large oh uh, yeah you know, stinky is the big bad of the mandalorian <laughs> we'll uh we just reserve reserve the right <laughs> to talk about but out of respect for those who have to sit and wait man i mean you're gonna have to stay offline yeah you're we have uh, to delete your twitter we have a uh, fan question as well about how to cope with that so nice. maybe we can get into some of those uh we'll visit that there those ideas again. there so that's uh that final story of the day oh, boy. Uh, this one was great man this is just uh so sad but but inspiring all all at the same time uh billy lord uh wrote an essay for time magazine and it was about, of course, her mother, uh, Carrie Fisher. Uh, her, she viewed her stepmother, Princess Leia, yeah, and uh, keeping her legacy and kind of being, you know, in charge of that in, in a way. And I know Todd Fisher's around in the Fisher family, uh, um, you know, all involved in a lot of decision making processes. But uh, going back for me, at Star Wars Celebration Orlando, when she showed up and gave a great speech, not too long, a few months after her mom had passed just really just won me over with her composure and her strength. And, and, um, she's, uh, she's one to watch too. She just got into acting force awakens is the first gig. I did not know that. That's craziness. Yeah. And she moved American horror story. I don't watch that show regularly, but, uh, grace does. And to see uh, that season she was on, um, she's really good. Yeah. She's really good. But she wrote a lot of stuff in here, Joseph. Um, uh, what are some of your favorite things about it, uh, about the essay and, and, and how it ties into your own feelings on Leia and her legacy and Carrie Fisher and her legacy? Yeah. I mean, they're like, this deeply moved me. Like yeah. I, I wept. Um, and, de- and definitely there are some things where I, they're like, I'm very, very sad that Carrie Fisher passed and mm-hmm. I'm very moved by the legacy of Leia. But for me, there were just so many layers to this. Yeah. And honestly, a part of the huge emotional impact for me was just the skill of the essay. Carrie yeah. Fisher was an amazing writer. Yeah. Um, and obviously it, 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 it feels like 
Billy Lord hasn't inherited so many mm. uh, that, that she's her own unique person, obviously, sure. but has inherited many of the gifts of her mother. I I do a lot of storytelling right now. I, I help um, I co-host uh, a show called Story Collider. That's uh, that's it's an international thing, but then different cities have different chapters. So it's something I've been doing a lot mm. in the last couple of years is we ask people to, to, to share their story and people will go like, oh, well, I have here's kind of a thing that happened to me, but I don't know if that's a story. And then I will work with them to like shape it. Yeah. So it has the most truth and the most meaning and is enjoyable in the power of the way she structured this. Mm. Cause there are a bunch of different ideas, but they just sort of dance together beautifully. Um, mm. So just that level of it, the level of skill of the piece mm. reflected what is actually in the piece as well, yeah. because it is so much about, her mom, Carrie Fisher, Princess yeah. Leia, yeah. encouraging her to go, you know what? I know I've tried to keep you away from all of the <laughs> my skills, yeah. like acting, but why yeah. don't you do this? So to see her be like she she's she can be a spokesperson. She can is an amazing writer. She's mm-hmm. an amazing actor. Uh, and now in the same way that like Carrie Fisher was just like, well, I'm doing an acting gig. It's, it's part of my legacy. It's part of my family. Yeah. It's my famous mom, Debbie Reynolds. It's uh, yeah. and famous father, Todd Fisher. It's uh, or Eddie Ed Fisher, Fisher, excuse yeah. me. Uh, it's, it's part of my legacy, but then suddenly becomes princess Leia. Yeah. And has this sort of responsibility of being an icon and a symbol. And the, what, what was really beautiful about this is like, whenever we talk about Billy Lord, I want to, compliment her yeah but it always have in my back of my mind like how do you feel about this what do you want yeah in this essay is so humanizing to have her go i embraced it i am uh, yeah. i am the keeper of the flame that's a, that's an excellent point um yeah going back to the, that orlando speech um it was similar not a similar five it was it was uh memorized you know it was a performance but yeah but so strength but yeah i know what you mean like all right, so we got a sense she's a Star Wars fan, but no, she, she seems like she loves this. Uh, um, she had fun on set. She had fun watching her mom, but now knows the importance of, of the legacy of Carrie Fisher yeah. and Leia and knows they're the same because she grew up with the same, you know, it's the same. Yeah. That line Carrie always had about the Mobius striptease. Um, <laughs> and that, that, that she's, she's wants this now. She isn't. Like, just like, oh, no, well, I was over here. I was an accountant. Yeah. And no shots. Or I wanted my act an acting career, but I didn't ever want to be, you know, associated with, I wanted it to be my own thing. Yeah. Like to see that, just like you said, this is, she's understands what she has to do and wants to do that. Yeah. That keeper of the legacy, keeper of the flame. That's, that makes it, uh, for such a tough situation, just gives some warmth to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think in terms of lines, she uses it a couple of times in it. It is just one of those great writing details that is so powerful as I say, the, the lady in the TV mm-hmm. and yeah. to explain that thing that we all understand. It's such an elegant phrase to, um, express both familiarity, intimacy, yeah. like, yeah, princess Leia lives in our living room, in our TV anytime we want. <laughs> and yet it's also distant. And, yeah, but the real. recognizing the power of that and, and coming back around to that in the essay to say, and there will be in the TV, two ladies together. Yeah. General Leia and, and little Lieutenant Connix in the TV together. And that will mean something mm. to, you know, future yeah. generations. 
That's so powerful. Yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit about this, and I don't mean to turn this into any kind of just silly uh, speculation on nine, but I I, I think it's pretty powerful in connection with the essay and and knowing knowing what Carrie means and Leia means and JJ being very aware of that and and why now I I think we always have, but I really, really trust what they've done and and I'm intrigued. Uh, She writes, about a a year later, JJ called me into his office to talk about the plans for Leia. We both agreed she was too important to be written off in the classic Star Wars introductory scroll. This this last movie was supposed to be Leia's movie and we wanted it to remain that as much as possible. What I hadn't known what J.J. told me that day was that there was footage of my mom that they had collected over the years that hadn't made it into the movies, movies, footage that J.J. told me would be enough to write an entire movie around. It was like she had left us a gift that would allow Leia's story to be completed. I was speechless. Anyone who knows me, that doesn't happen very <laughs> often. So Todd Fisher's come out and talked about eight minutes of footage or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, Again, I don't. This isn't just a. What do you think they're going to do? But they they weren't going to do something that wasn't right. Yeah, and this has come up with the way J.J. Abrams has talked about it too. That like it almost seems like the force at work, and he's been really mm-hmm. careful to be like, I'm not being glib. I mm-hmm. mean, it it is one of those things of like this is a tragedy, but it almost feels like in the galaxy yeah. <laughs> prepared for it. Yeah, you know. Uh, so it does seem like there is something in the scenes that we have that feels right mm-hmm. and then into that more like technical machinery of the plot is it just that it is very spiritually right for leia for carrie fisher mm. uh or is it that it, it really does propel the narrative of the movie yes yeah that's why i'm intrigued by uh, footage that hasn't made it into the movies because we had i i thought i remember early on it was like Footage from seven and eight, and now it seems mostly seven. The stuff we've seen seems to light, uh, line up with the end of Force Awakens and extra footage there. You know, again, that's kind of breaking it down in, in a level I don't want to get to today. But just knowing that maybe there's even more they're drawing upon, and that they're allowed to allowed to sit to write an entire movie around that. Yeah, uh, it's it, it, and her being an emotional core. Uh, I I am already pre moved going into a, a picture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I I hope for the possibility that you know they were able to suggest with the footage tell the story that that the plan is Leia's or the the catalyst for the adventure is Leia sensing it. Um, I, I think there's been a ton of speculation that the bulk of the footage might be some scene where hmm. Leia is sending Ray off to find Luke from the Force Awakens. Hmm. And to me, I can really see if she is taking Ray aside and say. I really sent something in you. Yeah. And there's a reason I'm sending you to do this. You, I won't always be here. Yeah. But it, it gives me hope because there's always somebody new like you. If it's her saying sort of vague things like that, yeah. that, that would have made sense for her choosing Ray to go find Luke. Right. But setting it in the context of you've been training, you're a little frustrated, you're trying to find your way, but I believe in you and you're yeah. the one to do this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, man. I want to, you know, with a lot of, we're going to do our review of Resistance Reborn this week, seeing some of the new comics and where where Ray is. I wonder wonder how much that is built around, not just a natural progression of the character makes sense, but just like, hey, we have these these moments with them. We need to build to that. Yeah. And what is it, what makes sense and, and, and building all of it around her. That's like you said, it's sad this all happened, but sometimes life gives you these little 
presence yeah that you don't yeah. expect make make a yes make a, a bad situation as a, mm. a dark situation head to the light if at all possible if you haven't had a chance go to time time.com the time time magazine and check out the yeah. billy lord essay i do also want to shout out if people have not watched it in light comedy uh billy lord is amazing in book smart oh she book okay oh my she is an mvp book smart is like it is kind of a, a coming of age comedy for modern times mm-hmm. and billy lord crushes it awesome. she's hilarious uh one to watch in hollywood these days <laughs> uh, no i really i wish her nothing but the best that is our look at news before we go to the main topic we do our four center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us that Joseph. is right we are recommending not shockingly the new book resistance reborn that we will be reviewing that episode will be out in our thursday episode slot so uh if you're listening to this on Tuesday, you've already watched The Mandalorian. It's old news. you got some time before the second episode of Mandalorian <laughs> and Jedi Fallen Order. Just go real quick and listen to all of Resistance Reborn on Audible. That is right. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash center Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. And we now are going to dive into the journey of the hero's blade. This is an important one going into Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. So these uh, these last few episodes before Rise of Skywalker comes out, we, we want to look back at a lot of the storytelling that has kind of moved through the whole Skywalker saga or the sequel trilogy in particular. But we want to focus on the hero's blade, Anakin's blade, Luke's blade, Ray's blade, what we know about it, what we don't know and maybe want to, and kind of what it means is a is a symbol almost as a character both in the movies and in the real world so to get us started on that i just want to start with your perspective ken as lightsabers go where do you personally rank this blade like uh it sounds silly but in a way yeah uh, part of its power is what it means to us culturally as well as what it means to characters in the movie so is it your favorite do you think of it as like that's the lightsaber I think right now it, it's it's my number one lightsaber because of what it means. It's, you know, if we're going to go to like Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones world, this is the sword that has some history to it, right? But if you were to go to Little Kenny Knapsack in the eighties, this blade bored me. <laughs> I was like, hey, the blue, give me the green, the green, give me the red, right. and then the prequels come along, and I'm like, uh, Dooku's curved blade, yeah, uh, Maul, Ventress, all this kind of <laughs> stuff. I gotta admit, I'll admit, I always thought this was the least exciting of the blades, yeah, but this is the one that has survived. And yes. now that makes it way more interesting to me. And there's a lot to it. Yeah. And you started, you saw Return of the Jedi first, right? Yes. So, yeah. So the green blade was truly your first. That, I mean, come on, it's green. It's green <laughs> and it's very actively used, right? It has yes. th- the best uh, intro moment of yes. any character in Star Wars, mm-hmm. that lightsaber, mm-hmm. a little bit of hyperbole. <laughs> but I mean, come on, that moment is thrilling and that green blade ignites and that little half smile from Luke and then it's in action and like sometimes when I just picture a lightsaber I hear it turning on and on Endor and blocking the the three blasts and then (laughs) cutting down the speed it gets used so much and it's it's so powerful and it's Luke as a master right yeah but for me you know I, I saw the movies in order okay and so it is if you see them that way it is the first, right? Yeah. It, when, before you know yeah. even of the existence of a lightsaber, it, it, well, if you're 10 years old right now and you watch the movies in release order, it's still, it's 
the yeah. first, right? Yeah. So you, yeah, right. It's the one that you see. It's the explanation of what a lightsaber is. Right. Luke ignites it, waves it around a little bit, and that was enough to just drive people insane with, this is the coolest thing ever, right? Yeah. Uh, mm. So I, I'm, I'm really fascinated with it as the sort of the, it's symbolic power because the green blade is easier, especially in the original yeah. trilogy, to go cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In, in many ways. Um, yeah. It's lightsaber prime. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, in, in it, I think, because we're going to kind of talk about meaning as it goes, but right, right from the beginning, especially since Luke you, he turns it on, waves right. it around, manages to not uh, cut his or Obi Wan's head off, but you can find lots of funny gifts. Yeah. Um, and then uh, practices with the remote, and that's it. Yeah. For the famous lightsaber. That's it. Right. Obi. Everything mm-hmm. else is Obi Wan's lightsaber, which yeah. is a, a very different design. So I feel like for me, it, it's right away connected to the idea of striving for adventure, hoping for adventure. Sort of like, you know, Luke staring at the twin sons, knowing there's something more like, well, here it is. Here's the symbol of that something more. That's your father's lightsaber that you that We don't have time or room in this movie for you to learn how to use it. Yeah. So Obi-Wan will do the actual like real cool lightsaber stuff. <laughs> but for you, it's just the promise of something more in this in a new hope. That's it. OK, that's it. That's interesting. And, and, and uh, that ties a little bit to maybe how I took it in Empire. Of how and now that blade represents a whole lot of pain. Yes, yes, <laughs> which we'll talk we will about get that. to yeah. for sure. But that's a good thought of yeah. like, yeah, yeah, that what the blade and, and, and new hope is. It's a hope. It's a hope. <laughs> it's a uh, hope. How much does the hilt design affect your opinion? Just aesthetically, it, are you uh, like because because yeah. it's especially in the original trilogy, you got saucer or you got you know, yes. the, the uneven sort of <laughs> jutting emitter. Uh, I like jutting admitter. <laughs> you like a jutting, a jutting admitter? admitter. Yeah, again, again, this now this is you speaking to a little Kenny in the 80s and, and in the 90s. I always said this one was just a simple, plain design. I didn't take to it as much. Again, the green one is d- just different. I had someone yeah. I have a toy of. Um, I just like, <laughs> like the look of it. Um, but now when people keep asking, you know, in light of galaxy's edge and stuff like that like what would your lightsaber be i think i'd go more towards this one yeah that it, it was a hard ex- a hard decision it, it in in a way it reminds me of uh last crusade and the cup of a carpenter and what are you gonna look for <laughs> you're gonna look for just that that plain old dirty broken cup because that's the one that's got the real work to do and so so that's again why now as i've grown up as a star wars fan and i think it's important to grow up as a star wars fan to change and and, and relook at things again um I, I I'm drawn to that too. I still the green one. Yeah, it's hard to separate that. From, yeah, but um, uh, you know, uh, a, 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 a wood blade. If I was a Wookiee Jedi, <laughs> is interesting to me too. But yeah. this one, the simplicity of it. This is one of those times where it's nice for me to remind myself I don't actually have to choose. It's fun to have conversations. That's true, <laughs> but I don't have. To. Yeah, because I I love the saucer look of the green one that comes from Obi Wan's you know blade uh, in A New Hope or hilt in A New Hope. Right. Um. But I, I do think for talking about this specific one, the fact that it does have that uneven angle, right? Yes. That just gives it so much energy. Uh, yeah. and, and, and it literally is like a kind of a, if you wanted to communicate forward movement, mm-hmm. that is a better That's energy than like a saucer. This is sort of <laughs> containing it versus that uneven, <laughs> uneven, like just the hilt. When you just see the hilt I'm looking on at the right it. angle, the yeah. hilt is cutting forward saying, come on, come on. I'm looking uh, at the um, blade. You got this Ray tote bag hanging in your studio here. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And again, it is it the simplicity of it. It's it's winning me now. Yeah. In Ray's hand, it's got the blade. It's got the the black handle on the end, and nothing else distracts from it. Yeah. Just a, a little, a few yeah. ambiguous little bumps that mean something, uh, and you can get the visual dictionary. All right. So. Um, we're going to dive into the history, but I want to take mm. temperature at the beginning before we walk through the history. Mm. Knee-jerk reaction. When you think of this blade, do you think it ha- it is more a part of the light? It's certainly a symbol of light, but it's done some bad things. Do you think it's been used more often for defense, a.k.a. the light side, attack, a.k.a. the dark side? What, what's your opinion of this blade? This is, this is great. This is where I really started thinking when, when I was looking at this this morning. It was just like... Um, I think of it as good. I think of it as, as Luke's blade, the hero's blade, yeah, and attached to Ray. Um, when you go through it, it's it's got a lot of hate in it. <laughs> it it's been some places, yeah. And, done some and you know, uh, you know, you you had uh, uh, Grace on your podcast, obsessed talking about our, our favorite silly show, Ghost Adventures, and a lot of times they'll talk about, oh, you could feel. The energy's locked in here from a lot of bad <laughs> things have happened. There's a lot of anger in the walls here. And uh, I look at this lightsaber now and go, there's a lot of anger. But knee-jerk reaction, it's the good blade. It's the good blade, right. It did all the good things. Yeah. All right. Well, I uh, wanted to kind of put that out there for listeners, too, to kind of take their own temperature, and then we yeah. will walk through. Uh, we're trying to uh, embrace the fact that we do longer episodes, but there's also realities of time. So yeah. I'm saying that as a caveat. I, I tried to include major moments okay. we might miss a major moment of this lightsaber because it has done right. many things so uh keep that in mind listeners we're we're trying to cover it all but there is a lot to cover so beginning uh with this history it begins before it exists anakin yes. loses his lightsaber after being lectured about it by obi-wan in attack of the clones who also loses his lightsaber yes. in attack of the clones uh and then anakin builds this one yeah. this blade that is so important we don't know the beginning of its story. How do you feel about that? Do you want to hear that story? I do, but it goes back to our conversation up top about George Lucas. <laughs> I just grabs another one. Um, goes <laughs> he got to the Jedi off, store. He got it off the Jedi show. <laughs> yeah. The backup lightsaber room in the Jedi temple. That but it, yeah, but it doesn't mean that lightsabers shouldn't have uh, these great histories. They should. They should. Yeah. And I think George would agree with that, too. Uh, and that's part of... Uh, it's part of him passing it down and everything. But yeah, so uh, I, uh, um, I I do want to hear that story. It'll probably be a comic or something. It might be. It might yeah. be. I'm kind of obsessed with this, which is part of the okay. reason that I have. We should do an obsessed episode with you <laughs> about this. Yeah. I mean, there's been uh, one of my favorite uh, arcs in the Clone Wars is the gathering where Yoda and Ahsoka yes, are taking yes. the younglings, uh, the Padawans, or no, younglings at that mm-hmm. point, um, to make their blades and we get to learn so much more about you going into Ilum and facing your fears. And so good. there's impl- I can't remember where it's dropped in Canon that Ahsoka did it twice. Cause she wanted new blades. Right. Uh, or, or an additional blade. So additional, when she got yeah. that second blade, she had to do this again, but then you're going like, all right, Obi-Wan's a full Jedi Knight and he's already been through this process at least once. So what's going on with that? Is there a ritual for that? But then you get to Anakin, you get to the beginning of this Blade, which symbolizes so many different things about Star Wars. Right. I want to know that story, and partially because it's such an interesting time for Anakin. Mm. Is is it tied up in whatever trials he faced to become a Jedi Knight? There's some stuff in the Gennady Tartofsky stuff right, that's, right, not, right, that's right. not canon anymore. So 
all of our storytelling is, hey, the Clone Wars just erupted, but you're a Padawan and you need a blade. And the next time we cut up, caught up with you, you've got a scar in this new lightsaber. And I, I there's so many possibilities there. Like, I, I, I don't I'm not going to turn this into Joseph's fan fiction hour, but like no, I've no. half written this story in my head, like a story that I would like to Do- hear because I feel like there are so many possibilities for the blade itself and for Anakin. Sorry, that pauses me putting together the story of uh, after. So, yeah, attack the clones, the end of it. Uh, Dooku, that's where he loses it, right? Yeah. Or that's where it drops, right? Or gets uh, No, he, yeah, he, he gets cut in half gets in, cut the, in, in the factory there. Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, and he's, he's got a loner. Got a loner. <laughs> For the Dooku fight. Got a Dooku fight loner. Um, and then the Clone Wars start right away. We go into Clone Wars episodes, right? I'm trying to think of where it picks up right away, and it's heart with the running or Yeah, I mean, the yeah. earliest canon is the yeah. getting ready for the Christophsis battle. I, and he's, I, a, he's a knight. He's a Jedi knight. He's not a Padawan anymore. He has yeah. the new blade. Is if if if, if, if how, well, how do you do? You think he goes to Ilum? Do you think you want to see him go a, an adult, uh, young adult gathering, uh, or is 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 it building one similar to to the deleted scene of Luke and Jedi? Uh, what's the lesson? Well, that's the story too. Where we're like, yeah. the, we got a little bit of that of, of Luke. Like it's Luke figuring out how to do things without yeah. guidance. Right. And even Vader and return of the Jedi before you have as much cannon built up around lightsabers, mm-hmm. like truly your powers are complete. You, this yeah. is an amazing thing that you did. So we get a little hint of what it, it means for Luke. We still don't know that story of, you know, uh, or if we do, I've lost where it is in canon because there's so much. Um, but for you think about the Jedi, organization's perspective of like, all right, uh, there's Sith lurking about. They've, they're involved in this war. It's awful that we're fighting this war, but we made the decision to, to join this war. He's the chosen one. So we should maybe monitor that, but also he is (laughs) one of the, not that the Jedi would say it this way. He's badass. He needs to get in the fight. But we need to prepare him. I just think there's a lot. I think it's an opportunity to tell a story mm-hmm. about Anakin being good. I guess that's what yeah, it's about. It's and like, only, I, I don't want to get into like pitching yeah, stories. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's an opportunity to tell a story of this blade starts in a good place. Mm-hmm. Because Anakin, as he transitions to a knight, we have plenty of stories about Anakin being like, ooh, playing with the dark side. Yeah. It's an opportunity for me to tell a story about, I think, for an, a story to be told about Anakin like, how did he have this strong connection to this, this kyber this crystal? Kyber. What fear did he face? What did he go through? Mm. What was asked of him? Mm. So it wasn't just, hey, we got a war. Here's a loner. <laughs> yeah, I do want to see that. I I, I, I want, I think there's, um, yeah, yeah. Because uh, it's like the Jedi organization, so the gathering's part of this process. Is there a plan b is there you know like the loner like you said yeah or is there you know or, an adult ilum cave yeah that's that's, like that's for, what for i'm kind of getting at where it's made like, a mistake did how often has obi-wan visited that one you know yeah like this can't be the only time a jedi has lost a lightsaber right no it isn't yeah because yeah, obi-wan is uh has yeah. uh Come lost two canonically in the movies of the Come prequels on, obi-wan yeah uh yeah you know what i mean so i, I i'd love to they they answered a lot with the gathering, but that, and that works for Padawans. It works for the times of peace, but on the fly. But do, do they still take it seriously. And I like what you're saying. Of then it's a chance to highlight this is the crystal that then calls to Ray. Right. What's going on with that crystal? Yeah. 
And yeah. th- what happens when the chosen one? I mean, I just want to see that anyways. What happens when the chosen one goes in to uh, gather a crystal? Yeah, there's a lot of crystals. Like, oh me, 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 me. me. <laughs> right, the Kyber, yeah. cro- the your crystal calls out to you. Yeah, does the whole cave go me, or, or, or are the crystal like no, 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 no? Yeah, no, yeah, we're like nope, nope no, nope. I want none of this. Nope. Or you know, if it is more of an Ilum process, the, mm-hmm. you, we get to see those younglings have to face a fear. Yes, that's He's all. Yeah, got a lot of fears to face. So he does a ton and yeah, in possession and does attachment he, for for forefront yeah. of that so does he face them in a juicy way yeah to anyway yeah so a lot, a lot of interesting potentials uh, i want to talk about that because the the storytelling of lightsabers has evolved a lot where like in rebels to kanan's teachings just kind of making it like yes you mm-hmm. absolutely have the user absolutely has a bond with the crystal yeah that is the lightsaber if you really accept that canon lean into it including the the lightsaber calling to ray do you mm. do you want this kyber crystal to be sentient like do you want it to be aware that like uh, i'm being chosen to be a a pivotal part of galactic history (laughs) or like you're saying like not even like the the this if this was a comic book the lightsaber or the kyber crystal would have thought bubbles but just that level (laughs) that level of this is not kit fisto getting another blade this is the chosen one getting a blade that is going to change the galaxy. I've loved the, the the expansion of this idea of the kyber crystals and the, the, the them having a little bit of, um, I guess I'll say, say in what happens, but um, that the connection and, and that's where a lot of the Jedi strength comes from. All those bigger, bigger themes. I've actually loved that. I think sometimes it gets in a way of itself talking about loner blades, talking about the, you know, but that's fine. That's kind of Star Wars. Yeah. That's kind of George going, no, nah, this has to happen. Okay, but what about this time? Sometimes it's the deepest, most philosophical thing ever, and sometimes it's a laser sword to cut things. Yeah, yeah. or that now we've talked about it, but him, Kaz, did a Mark One talking about, I don't know, now it's green. Why it's a green? I don't know. People in Starlog magazine will write us. Who cares? Yeah, the sky was blue. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so I like it in this particular case because what could we learn and what could Ray learn from the blade? Is there anything that the blade would tell her about the past? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and no, I'm not talking about just the vision, but even now. Yeah. Yeah. Does I, it have I, a record of it. Is it, is it R2? Like, let me oh, tell yeah, you about younglings. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I just like that idea. If, if the canon is really going to be the, the, crystal chooses the wielder as much as the wielder mm. chooses the crystal or even more yeah that there's that the lightsaber itself the crystal is aware of the chosen one that it's aware maybe put it this way be interesting to me to have a kyber crystal that no that is aware it is going to be challenged that right. it is going to go through a lot yeah as well yeah yeah um and it, or that it's going to be in it, used in moments of of choice uh, of important choice how much can we blame the crystal for these problems that's what i'm, that's what I'm wondering now that's what i'm thinking yeah, scapegoat the crystal yeah, 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 oh, yeah, that's yeah. an interesting way to look at this yeah, all yeah. uh all right well we will move along because we could do a whole episode about the crystals that so anakin is using it all through the clone wars uh do you have any favorite moments of its use from the animated series or even a uh, pre-fall revenge of the sith uh, nothing jumps off other than the fights with the ventress and some of those kind of moments there I, I have to always admit as much as i've seen the clone wars and i've seen them all several times 
whew, man, I have to, I have to remember, go through some of the lists. So it's, it's it, what, what the Clone Wars represents for me in terms of this blade is seeing it in action, just like we saw Luke and Jedi. Yeah. This is now the truly the weapon of a Jedi. And also this is the time where Anakin's probably fueling it with all the good vibes. Right. And so that's a highlight reel in itself. Yeah. I think that's the part of it that interests me of like, this is the part of the storytelling where the legend is based on. Cause we don't get to see him use it, uh, really pursuing the light a ton in yeah. revenge of the Sith no. itself. In fact, Not at all. mostly the yeah. opposite, which we will talk about. Uh, so the Clone Wars animated series is this wonderful time to see it. Like, as the way that Obi-Wan presents it of like, yeah. this is the weapon of your father, Anakin Skywalker, a talented, virtuous man who was a yeah. Jedi Knight and see like that side of it. Um, mm-hmm. For me, one one of the episodes that jumps out is the Bounty Hunters episode, which is the one that is on Felucia. That is the total seven samurai yeah. where they're protecting uh, the villagers uh, from Hondo. He uses it to fight Hondo and, you know, mm-hmm. defend the villagers. And it's just, I like that episode because it's such a pure use of defense. Yeah. Which is the light it's side, like, right? Yeah. Of like, hey, I just want to go about my day, but you're trying to kill some villagers. So <laughs> defense. Yeah, that, that, that that's a great example. That's why I've said the Clone Wars is its greatest hits of being an actual hero. Yeah. And that, and that Blade needs that because then it fuels into to Obi-Wan's word. No, nah, no, nah, my father's just a navigator on a, on a spice freighter. But, um, this, so we actually do get to see that in action. And it adds, uh, it adds something to the fall and adds something to the history of the Blade. Yeah. And that Ray can restore it to that. Yeah. But that's a different. Yeah. The uh, the other episode I, I didn't remember where it happened, so I had to look it up. The other it's not even really about the lightsaber's use, but more about it giving it different kinds of symbolic power. Hmm. There's the uh, hostage crisis episode, yep. uh, where a bunch of the senators get pinned down, but Anakin and Padme have been having a, a little talk about their love, and and Anakin leaves the lightsaber with Padme, yes. and it's life or death yeah. that blade needs to get back to Anakin, but how to get it back to him without all the senators going, Padme, why do you have famous <laughs> Jedi Knights, Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber so, to, to suddenly use it as a symbol of not only Anakin saying, this is one of my only possessions. Mm-hmm. I, this is me giving myself to you. This is my effing yeah. class ring is my lightsaber. <laughs> And then to also be like, that's and we, I might get a lot of people yeah. murdered because yeah. that's not the way it's supposed to be used. Yeah. Keep my Letterman allegedly. jacket. Keep my Letterman jacket, but give me back my, my class ring blade. Yeah, that's a great example. Yeah. So it, it's a it's a moment where the, the, the episode where the saber takes on real, real yeah. power and symbolism. Uh, and then we get into good old Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of uh, greatest hits of the lightsaber is uh, I'll give it. Uh, yeah. 50% responsibility for cutting off Dooku's head, right? Because yeah. he's got the red, yeah, red blade as well. But that's yeah. it's definitely a moment of it's there of killing. <laughs> yeah, it's on his uh, resume. Pivotal, pivotal choice to mm-hmm. cut off Mace Windu's arm and leave yep. Mace Windu uh, exposed to uh, lightning-filled death. Yep. Um, and then, of course, there's some light Jedi slaughter, <laughs> um, brutally murdering, murdering all the Separatist leaders, and, yep. of course... Mm-hmm. The younglings, which which people do talk about yeah. um, a lot, yeah, I think it's a big yeah. of, of whether that because we had culturally this relationship of what this blade meant, and that changes it uh, substantially. So, mm-hmm. how do you feel about the saber being used that way? 
How do you think our uh, half-sentient kyber crystal yeah. feels about that? Since I don't want to sound like I'm getting more excited for the dark stuff, but I am. <laughs> because of what we've seen now with the process of bleeding the plate, I've just been... Um, I was just on a, our friend Jason Inman and Ashley Victoria Robinson's podcast, Geek History Lesson, episode coming out at the end of the month. We, t- we were reviewing the Vader comic, the, the first six episodes nice. of Charles Soul. So that's where Vader bleeds his blade. So it was just seeing him, seeing the Emperor explain it. Like, indeed, this is one of the, we got, the, got in the Ahsoka novel, like she kind of unbled the blade in a yeah. way, right? This is like, to see and hear Palpatine say, you must put all your pain into that, make it bleed. Um... It force the force yeah. the crystal to force, be something it doesn't it want doesn't to want be. to be yeah so going back to this stuff to see Anakin make that choice with it I got to think this crystal screaming in pain right screaming in pain and knows in some way again it, it, it's not like the crystal's got a cardigan cardigan jacket and a and a you know it goes home for the evening and it, it's it's just it feels it lives it connects yeah, it's a part of the force a yeah. powerful part of the force so. Um, it to me it now feels very plausible that it felt what was going on and that the process could have started there had he not lost it, which meant means the blade has that memory of the pain, a memory yeah. of the evil locked into it, which ties into something we're talking about here in, in next in my thought. But it, it, so again, not not excited, but it's just it, in in terms of the lore of this blade, this is its darkest hours, these yeah. moments, ending with the, the, the killing of the younglings and then striking his friend Obi Wan and yeah. fighting him. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I like that I, idea of it screaming out mm-hmm. and almost like if Anakin were allowed himself to listen, he could hear that. And again, not not words, but right. just like the, the flow, the tide of the force is affected. There's, you know, I imagine Anakin is feeling lots of these things in these mm-hmm. pivotal moments of of choice. Yeah. He's, he's the chosen one and he is making choices and he is making that blade act those choices out. Um, the idea of it just feeling wounded of this is mm-hmm. this is attack this is not defense this is attack and you can feel hey, maybe that's what it's about because it's, it's it, you know you can get really um rules lawyerly to use yeah. a gaming term about what attack and defense is right yes but i would imagine a, a kyber crystal's connection to a wielder could get beyond any of that and just sense intention of yes. like i feel why you're doing this and it's interesting to think of a, a blade just being wounded to be like, yeah, I feel that this is coming from a place of fear and anger. This is why I love this bleeding the blade addition to yeah. Star Wars. Um, you know, the, in the past it was what a, the Sith had a synthetic red kyber crystal. I got no problem with that. I yeah. grew up thinking, you know, knowing that it still know, works. It's fake. It's inorganic. Yeah, yeah it's, it's inorganic. You know, yeah. But now to see that there's so much pain behind it and that the pain is what leads to the hate and the anger and the suffering, all that kind of stuff, like, that is so in line with what this is all really about. Yeah. So what you're talking about here, what we're talking about here, this is why this excites me. It just adds so much depth to even his fault. And again, I know he doesn't. that blade doesn't go on with him. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm fascinated about, about this blade itself crying out in pain in a way. You're making me think of a question. Mm-hmm. Do you think he would have been able to bleed this blade or would this blade resist him too powerfully? Because I think it might have In that comic, he, he goes through, like, he gets super tempted. It, it kind of pushes yeah. back and he gets tempted by the light, right? Yeah. And he has to push through that temptation Wait, toward the light. During the bleeding process, yes. Yeah. yeah which was with... Uh, Infilis blade, so I can only imagine what this one would do. And now that we we know what the blade does with Ray in, in Force Awakens, the, yeah, it's got opinions. It's got, it's got <laughs> thoughts. It's got yeah. opinions. Um, 
that would have been an. I almost want to see that. I, I you know, obviously, yeah. we have to like where it goes because uh, Anakin uh, Obi Wan takes the blade. But but yeah, I have to imagine if you're sitting there trying to bleed the blade, the blade's like gonna give you even stronger visions of what your future could be if you choose a different path. Yeah, could Anakin have fought that? I don't know. Yeah, it's fascinating. But he doesn't get to find out because, of course, there is the huge battle with Obi-Wan. I imagine the, the, the kyber crystal feels that as well. But then Obi-Wan takes the lightsaber at the end of the duel, mm-hmm. uh, I think, in our real world because canon. <laughs> yeah. Because he has to. But being in the world of Star Wars, uh, why do you think Obi-Wan takes this lightsaber at the end of their duel? He knows... He knows he's got a child coming, right? No twins. We know that, right? Uh, Polis Moss is where they learned that. Uba, uba. Um, I think it makes sense for, going back to what we're talking up top of the show with the Kenobi TV show, maybe in this moment, uh, Obi-Wan feels this blade can do better and this blade <laughs> could go on to someone else. And he doesn't know at this point that there's going to be, you know, he's going to be on an island uh, or, or, or a desert planet. Yeah. And there's going to be twins and he's guarding one. He doesn't know any of that. Yeah, again, he's not picking out the crate in his mind that I'm going to keep yeah, this in. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give this to his his son or daughter if they're coming. No, no, but but I got to think in his mind, he, he you know, because he had Qui-Gons, right, for a little bit. He collected Qui-Gons, didn't he? Uh, Why? Well, yeah. Is there? I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Um, I if that is a bit of canon, I, it has escaped me. Um, um only because I'm going off the but it, it, hot it, it, toys it, thing that he has the uh, Qui Gon's blade with. Oh, him, I, I mean that that yeah. that's because he that, picks it up and wields it, yes, right? Like there's yes. a specific, I think, power of the Jedi action figure that yeah. is Obi Wan with that. So, but it makes perfect sense. I don't yeah. think he just left it in the uh, power yeah, generator yeah, power, power room generator. on Nabo. Yeah, I'm not saying like he's got a grievous like display on his home. These are all my <laughs> dead friend's lightsabers, right? So I think in that moment he it, it's a it's his own kind of uh, uh, not that a new hope is coming, but like. There will be something we we got to go on, and yeah. Anakin, I, I I want his offspring to have this. Yeah, do, do better with it. Yeah, make the choice to do better. It's important to, to to Jedi. Yeah, I. It's so interesting to me because I think that is absolutely a possibility. But there's also so much going on with Obi Wan in that moment, mm-hmm. and I I so hope the show gets into it. Of is he does he truly believe Anakin is done for, mm. or is he? stopping not able to bring himself to to make the final cut right, right. and and truly end him so is he he's wrestling with all that and so sometimes i wonder if like if you're in that place of wrestling with that do you have time to go but the jedi will live on so there's yeah, a part of me that yeah, yeah. that that thinks that it is almost symbolic of like for years i we you and i have fought side by side my blade in my hand and this blade in your hand mm-hmm. you have done such good with it. You were a Jedi Knight. You yeah. saved people. You helped people. And you have you've perverted this. You don't Yeah. You don't deserve this. For me, there's a little mm. part of it, and even just a little bit of energy. This is me going going deep into reading mm. small bits of, of film. But just to kind of snatch it up, it almost has a feel of like I'm taking your badge off. Mm. You don't deserve this you this is this mm-hmm. is the weapon of a jedi and you betrayed it i 100 percent agree with that 
I think it might even connect to, to some of the stuff I was saying. You don't deserve this. I'm going to give it to someone who does. Also, remember, you know, this is your, you know, your lightsaber. Guard this with your life, right? Yeah. Is, is that, isn't that what he tells <laughs> This weapon is your life. This weapon is your life. <laughs> and now he's dead. So it ain't your, your life, weapon anymore. Your life is um, over. Um, yeah. I like that a lot. I like that there's some kind of like, give me that. Yeah. You know. This you is, yeah, I'm not going to leave. This. this is this is a symbol of yeah. honor and... and Hope and delight, yeah, and, and, and it Jedi. it doesn't it shouldn't mm-hmm. lie here, you know, yeah. in this uh, horrible place where this mm-hmm. horrible thing happened. Uh, all right, so mm. moving on to the original trilogy, mm-hmm. uh, we could of course go into flights of fancy of you know what else happened with that yeah, lightsaber, yeah. but we don't know. In a new hope, as we talked about, we barely see it used. Uh, by Luke, but it is all over the pro- posters and the yeah. merch and uh, our imaginations. And, uh, you know, I can I can testify to that. Yeah. I've been alive at the time. Do you think that could happen today? If like in uh, if in The Force Awakens, Ray picked it up, but she didn't fight Kylo. Yeah. You know, like it's it's so fascinating to me just the kind of the different mm. different times that like Luke barely used that but it fired the imaginations for kids to run around pretending that they have a lightsaber it's the weapon of a jedi knight so interesting because you know vader is all over it too and is a, is a symbol of evil in the galaxy from 77 on and we know he's he's kind of technically barely in a new hope right yeah he's, he's like what is it 12 minutes 12 of footage minutes is that yeah he's obviously very present and obviously yes. very important uh as his lightsaber but Similar in regard of just yeah. when you stop and think about it, they're not there as much as you, you think. So I don't think that could happen today. Yeah. The, then that's why we all are up in arms of Constable Zuvio still, right? Like, <laughs> I think. Yeah. But it's interesting. Then they do the, the swerve with Finn holding the blade. But mm-hmm. but again, the blade was in the film. I think they knew it was important going in and not just for what they have, had done in the story, but what it meant to us. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is a testament. Uh, I don't think it could happen as much today because I think we analyze things in mm-hmm. such a different way. Um, even going to like people just don't like Phasma because there weren't enough. There wasn't yeah, enough yeah, of yeah, her, right. right? Yeah, so yeah. you could say like Obi-Wan's lightsaber was cool because he used it. But Luke yeah. just waved his around a yeah. couple of times. Uh, but I, I think it speaks to the power in the original trilogy that the blade is this incredibly strong symbol of inheritance and legacy Mm -hmm. and i think the fact that it is the connection between father and son i think if it was just oh i've had you know i found this uh when i was out scavenging you know we went hands it to him your father wanted you to have this when you were old enough is i think why it had power in -hmm. luke's hands before he really used it much yeah before empire strikes back even came out and now i think that the power of that has only grown how do you feel about that? The blade as a symbol of inheritance and legacy. Yeah, it's 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 really important to the story. We talk about famous swords and pop culture properties, you know, being passed along. What that what that means? So there's kind of that, you know, Arthurian legend sort of sword from the stone. Sword from yeah. the stone. That's a little, you know, but uh, that it's it's got some importance to it. And this is how Star Wars chose to tell that story. It was your father's blade. We later learned what that means. But it did, you didn't need Empire to just that line enough set it up as more than just a weapon. This kid's got 
his legacy in his hands. And the time yeah. he just thought, again, thought his dad was murdered. He's going to get revenge against that guy in the cape. Yeah. It changes later. But uh, I think it was very important to the, the story and very important to the, this conversation we're having now. Yeah. I don't think we have this conversation as much if it's like, here, here's one of, we, we pick one. <laughs> yeah. Look at all these fabulous hilts. I want that yeah. one. Oh, that's my friend Qui-Gon. So you can't have that yeah, one. No, that one's, that one's yeah. got a bad taste in my memory as well. Yeah. Uh, I, from Obi-Wan's perspective. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I think that's always had a power over me. And I don't, yeah. I don't think I've maybe reflected on how deep of a power. Like obviously it has real world power, which is why it was mythic power, which is why it was in the story. Yeah. But I, I absorb these stories so young. Mm. I have always obsessed over anything that my father gives me. Mm. Like to this day, I have a bottle cap that he gave me from an old brewery that doesn't exist anymore right. in Minneapolis. And like now I'm old enough to be cognizant of like that's, you know, this yeah. is this is my father's bottle opener that I am just uh-huh. the keeper of. And someday it will be someone else's, you know. That's interesting. I Because I, I don't have a lot of those. Uh, on the surface, I don't have yeah. a lot of here. Take this, son. Uh, use it well. But he uh, gave me. My dad's an artist, like a two D artist, uh, um, hand drawn stuff. And uh, I have uh, with the little, the little spiral things where you draw a little circle, draw a little square. What yeah. it was called, I don't know. Um, but I have his from when he was in the navy. Okay, and that does sit in my collection still to this day. And it does. It has his name on it, and he probably wrote that there in nineteen sixty seven. Yeah. You know? So yes. Yeah, that that is interesting. There's some power in that. Yeah, it's it's nothing, but it's everything. Right. It because it is an avatar for the meaning of the actual relationship yeah. of you have your with your father. Mm-hmm. How did he use this? How will I use this? Yeah. Right. Do you think about those kind of things when you actually just like <coughs> uh, look at mm. your your. This uh, thing that's been passed on to you by your father. Do you think about like uh, passing it on or using pass, it, uh, or, or imagine your father using it and connect yeah. it back to your life? Yeah, I do a little bit, and it's 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 in storage now. I don't draw, you know. I didn't yeah. get those skills from him, <laughs> um, unfortunately. Um, yeah, no, but I did use it. I brought it to school, brought it to high school, you know. Yeah, and yeah. Oh, and so, and so you you, you used did it. use it then? Yeah, I had some yeah. design classes. You know, you don't have to take those stuff, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it just connects to this deep sense of, of meaning that is so powerful in A New Hope that is mm-hmm. uh, we're all a part of something larger. It goes to the idea mm-hmm. of the force and then you go to your own family line and that idea that a, a part of me existed before I existed. Yeah. And here is the symbol of it. Here is the legacy of it. I think it's an underrated part of New Hope and how it connects to all of us. We, we look to the Luke staring off to the twin sons. We've all been there in our lives. Uh, we've all been there with Uncle Owen saying, you can't go. Get yeah. back to work. But I think that's a underrated part of it too. Is yeah. is, is the passing down of some sort of family legacy in in the form of an item that could actually we've all been there. Yeah, and I have to think the blade was psyched. <laughs> the yeah. blade was pumped, right? Based on our conversations <laughs> today, yes. Um, what uh, what do you think are your favorite moments of Luke using the blade? We talked about how he doesn't use it a lot in New Hope, but he certainly yeah. does in in Empire and a ton in in various comics and books uh, at this point. It's Wampa Cave, man. Yeah. Wampa Cave. That that first ignition and, and then the, the, the slowly moving it. I remember leaning in close. This a young kid finally seeing Empire. Like, no one, he's probably got to get the blade, right? But he has a green one, right? I didn't know. I didn't I wasn't tracking that. <laughs> but I love that moment. 
yeah. I love that because it's such a, a symbol of, of uh, where he was at the time, too, as a Jedi or learning to be a Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that scene is so well shot and so powerful. And I think it, it goes on to even have more power once we see the uh, the image of the lightsaber in the yeah. snow get repeated in The Force Awakens. I think it's powerful to me because if the lightsaber is a symbol of the past, but also a symbol of the future of what I could become. I could become a Jedi like my father and I'm trying to get there and it's literally just out of reach, but can I have the power to access it Mm -hmm. in terms of him stretching for it and then going, no, no, Mm -hmm. I know how to do this. It's so powerful. Great music cue, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But then the fact that he also uses it in the light, Mm -hmm. it's, it's defense, right? Yeah. That creature is going to eat him and he doesn't like cut off the wampus head or, you know, he, he cuts the arm off, he, the arm. you know, yeah, you get out of here. it's, it's yeah. a, yeah, it's used for defense. So I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many uses of it in this new star Wars canon comic. Sure. The, the thing that I was affected by and thought was interesting is how many times he loses it. Yeah. And yeah, has yeah. to go chase it. Cause he, um, mm. he gets taken by Gracchus the hut, right? Yep. Uh, yep. He loses it briefly to Vader, which we can talk about. Yep. Uh, which we probably should talk about because that's a big moment from the comics where mm-hmm. he um, he runs into Vader and has the real early on, right? The yeah, total yeah. real like you killed my father, mm-hmm. and Vader kind of laughs at how on how inexperienced Luke is, right? Right. And just sucks the blade from his hand, and Vader has a, has a sudden. Wait a minute, whoa, moment. Whoa, whoa. Right, and then there are explosions. There are hijinks. Uh, <laughs> Vader, Vader, that's that's Vader's first moment of going. Yep. Who is this kid? Yep. Uh, and then, but then from Luke's perspective, it's I lost my father's lightsaber. He doesn't mm-hmm. realize he lost it to his father. Yeah. But that desperation to get it back to just hold on to the possibility of the future instead of having it stolen from him. That's a great moment because at the time, and it's still. I still, I don't know if I struggle with it because it was early on in the new Star Wars canon, and here it was prior to Empire. Mm-hmm. Luke and Vader were facing off, and I remember having not having, uh, not speed overjoyed it by that. Yeah, that it's a little bit too much too but soon. Too much too soon undercut the the bigger moment. I think there's still some truth to that. But now that we know the entire path of the blade and as it plays out, and also that we know the entire path of Vader's discovery of of Luke and how it plays out in that comic series. Uh, I really like the moment more. Yeah, that that the blade would be the one, almost as if the is the crystal then going. No, 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 no. Right? How is that? How is not back at him? I think there's probably some scream in there too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I just I, I that that's an interesting moment uh, to have that mm-hmm. connection between the two of them be the thing that unlocks the possibility for Vader yeah. that this. That he, that he has been lied to and manipulated in that yeah. Luke, in, in, in Leia, or he didn't know about Leia, that Luke exists. Yeah. Um, but He's, then also that Luke just keeps losing it. He lost it now. Like, I've just finished issue 73 uh, yesterday. And he just lost it again. Uh, He's with this uh, character, female character. Gosh, what's her name? I, I work, work, work or something like some <laughs> wonderful comic we can name. And she takes it. She steals it. Yeah. She kind of knows he's Jedi force sensitive. It's yeah. they've got some weird going on. And, and that hit, that's hit the cover is his face staring at the blade. He's lost it again. Yeah. Come on. Just, yeah. It creates a really like the in this uh, level of storytelling, it really is about like, I can do this. I can do this. I can figure this out. I can't lose this connection yeah. to, to my truth, to my destiny, to my fate. Mm-hmm. And yet, 
I keep losing it. And also, you know, it plays up the prominence of where, where Jedi and where lightsabers sit in canon yeah. at the time. But, mm-hmm. uh, so we go to empire of course, and the, the blade has a couple of adventures. It goes into the cave after mm-hmm. Yoda tells him it's not needed there. <laughs> no. Uh, so that's maybe a little bit of the, uh, not mm-hmm. dark side, but it, it's certainly Luke Fear. using it aggressively. Yeah. Right. Aggressively. Luke, Luke, uh, using it as a, Hey, violence can solve all my problems. I'll yeah. kill the bad guy who killed my dad. I got and this. Everything Don't will worry be about fixed, uh, with revenge. Um, and then of course, big showdown with Vader. Yeah. So how do you, how do you think the crystal felt about that fight being actually like really big fight opposing its former master, its former partner? I, I think I'm going to the end and saying it felt sad of what happened, but also in the moment that, you know, again, I love we've, we've now fully created this character of, of the <laughs> Skywalker Kyber crystal. Um, I wonder if it, to me, I wonder if it knew it wasn't, it shouldn't be there. I wonder if it was echoing what Yoda and Obi-Wan were like, don't, don't do this, Luke. Yeah. Don't do this. Maybe the blade, uh, the crystal itself is sensing Luke's mistake, Luke's fear, his, his, uh, any flashes of anger, you know, Luke yeah. wasn't ready to face him. So I'm sure the blade in, in being connected with its user, was probably like we shouldn't be there we shouldn't be here which is why maybe he lost a little bit yeah other than just too soon and being overmatched by vader but you know what i mean like yeah maybe the blade was like we gotta no we gotta go and that led to some some of the problems i don't know i'm I'm, I'm having a lot of fun creating this character yeah the crystal um but you know what i mean where it's like i don't think it was a sense of justice or let's get him Yes, this is our moment. This is yeah. the guy that took me. I killed younglings because of that guy. Let's get him. <laughs> I think the blade was like, we shouldn't be here. Yeah. So that that's so interesting to me because I can totally see it that way. And I feel like the, the lesson of Empire is certainly that that Luke rushed off before he was fully, yeah. fully emotionally ready. Or is it maybe that he needed to make this mistake? Mm-hmm. But from the f- trying to analyze... I, I was thinking, like, is this defense or attack? Right. If we're analyzing it that way, right? Um, in to, mm. to to for the Kyber to feel the intent of Luke. Certainly, Luke is rushing off. Certainly, he still sees Vader as the simple bad guy. Yeah. Uh, but he's basically saying it's okay if something happens to me. I have controlled my fear. I'm here to save who I love. I'm here to protect Han mm. and Leia. That's what Luke is telling himself he's doing. So this is, to me, this is really fun because I think you can look at the movie and you can decide how you want to read it. If this is Mm -hmm. actually, you're being, you're being manipulated because of your attachments. You're going after the the bad guy to get him for hurting you so many times and, and hurting so many people you love. Or is it, you're being selfless and you're saying it doesn't matter what happens to me. Hmm. You need to be stopped. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm standing up in defense of my friends, in defense of the galaxy. This isn't for me. Hmm. Like, what was Luke truly feeling? Yeah. And, and, and then I think, you know, the, in our imagination as we're crafting it, that the yeah. blade feels that truth. Feels that truth. It's a great, it's a great thought. I, I, he definitely, he definitely goes there to save his friends. Right. But yeah, the, the, was he going to pull an Obi-Wan and, and let himself get killed? I don't think so. No. I think he was there to Oh, uh, no. He was there, there to, to end win. that. Yeah. Yeah. To win. So, 
what 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 would the blade want? What would the blade want him to do? Yeah, he it was at odds with the blade for that. Yeah, or do, yeah. Does the blade want Vader? The threat needs to end, right? Yeah. Does he yeah. want? Does he want the the threat to end? Yeah. Maybe the so maybe the blade's on a little bit on the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it is, of course, yeah. possible. As I'm sure some some people listening might be thinking that we're putting too much on the blade. But I do. Love I'm having the idea a lot of fun with it. I'm having a lot of fun with it. That it is. It's a Run part of the us. force. Run it, with it, us. It, it wants things. So let's. Do, we're we're going to wrap up our, our talk about the uh, original trilogy. How do you think Luke losing it in such a violent and specific way? How do you think it? adds to its legend. Um, I think it adds to a lot because it makes it sort of an incomplete uh, journey, an incomplete mission uh, yeah. for the blade. And that might be, have something to do with why it's calling to Ray that we still have a lot to do. My mission was cut short, literally uh, and figuratively. And that the, that the crystal itself is like, I'm, I'm still part of the story. I got to find that next person to come along and get yeah, me. I'm still part of the story. Yeah, and there's a lot of yeah. pain and pain in that moment for it. Yeah, I really like that thematically. If the you accept this lightsaber as a symbol of the light that Anakin used, went through horrible times, uh, got to Luke and becomes this symbol of legacy and the symbol of what Luke could become, and then it, it, it and Luke can get back to the light and it can be a symbol of mm-hmm. of hope again. Right, and then it encounters its former its creator (laughs) and gets literally thrown away. And from Vader's perspective, I'm sure there's some joy in that. I mean, there's the like, Hey, I'm, I'm disarming my son so he can just stop and listen, which is, you know, not good parenting as we've all joked, (laughs) but also, but from a deeper Vader perspective, you know, especially like in uh, Thrawn alliances where he refers to Anakin as the Jedi. Right. it, It seems very symbolic of the like, Hey, let me just, relieve you of this illusion that mm. that's mm. a symbol of the Jedi, right? Meaning Anakin and it, uh, it just get it out of my face. I don't care about it. Don't it means it. nothing to me. It has no power over me, right? It's just a lie that my son is carrying around. Let Ooh, me get rid yeah. of the lie mm-hmm. and I, and we can talk straight truth. Yeah. So yeah, from yeah, Vader's like perspective, that. I think it's a real powerful moment of get it out. that is what you thought your connection with your father was. Shunk, it's gone. gone. I'm your father. <laughs> you don't need this foolish trinket that has lies about hope. I love you this. can talk to me. You're your real dad the, right the, here. The physical and visual manifestation of the point of the scene. Yeah. Wow. Away with that. Yeah. That ain't what you thought it was. This yeah. is what you don't even need that. You need me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think that's a big win. Endlessly fascinating yeah. how, how much uh, meaning you can find in, in various moments if you want to. If you want to. If you want to. With that, we are going to take a quick break, and then we will dive into the future of the lightsaber. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. back for more Heroes Blade excitement. Here we go, moving on to the sequel era. So we again have a little bit of a cool-down time for the lightsaber, <laughs> in theory. Do you have any headcanon? Do you have a desire of even the kind of story you want about how Maz came to have this blade? I, you know what? I want it to be simple and direct. I haven't thought about it too much. I do like. I do want to hear. It's, it's a story for another time. It's very yeah. tantalizing. Um, I don't want it to be... IG-88 got it, 
gave it to IG-11, uh, who gave it to Dengar, who gave it to the Mandalorian, who... Yeah, who Gracchus yeah, the Hutt in there, too. Yeah. I, don't, I don't necessarily want that. And that, as much as I love this modern era of Star Wars canon, I could see something like that happen in a comic or something. Yeah. I don't want that. I just wanted something simple. Maz found it, or, or <laughs> Lobot found it, and gave it to Lando, who gave it to Matt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think the Maz part of it is what's interesting to me, because, yeah, yeah I, I think... I don't have a ton of interest in a long chain of custody. Yeah. I like some kind of like, yeah, I got dumped and it was discovered somewhere or somebody searched mm-hmm. it out on cloud city or whatever. But I think Ma's having some epiphany moment. I like her relationship with the force where she's sort of like, I'm kind of aware of movements and, yeah. and, and feelings. And she certainly seems to know about the force. I like the idea of her becoming aware of it and knowing I need that. Mm. I don't know why, but I know I have to have that. And even if it was a story where somebody was like, um, Oh, lightsabers are super rare. Right. And I'm trying to hawk this, but she's like, no, no, Mm. no, that's not just any lightsaber, but I am going to put it downstairs in my basement. Yeah. And also the possibility, the storytelling possibility, because she's like real specific with Ray of, That was, you know, Luke's lightsaber and his father's before it. Yes. There's no reason that Maz Kanata could not have had interactions with Anakin. That right. might enrich her wanting that lightsaber. Like, how did she see you, uh, Anakin, use it? Interesting, because this is after Bloodline, so technically the galaxy would know, but it, it doesn't seem to come, you know, obviously the book. Well, yeah, we have no after. idea how long she's had it. Yeah. She could have had it since, you know, uh, 20 minutes after Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, and I, I get a sense it's a while, right? Yeah. But, but yeah, but I'm, I'm just putting that on the timeline. It's all right. So you could say she saw a holonet. That's why she knows. But I get the sense she knows. Well, she knows. knows that lightsaber, which yeah. is just, like, interesting to me. Like, yeah, when Anakin was thriving in the Clone Wars, yeah. it's a battle he crashed on Takodana or yeah. she was out exploring somewhere. Right, right, right. Right. And had some interaction with Anakin. So she could have a relationship of like the same. I mean, she, she is uh, positioned as the seer, right? Yeah. With her eyes where she looks into people's souls. And I feel like she's the same Yeah, with, would be the same with something like this. That's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lightsaber and a kyber crystal are very rare and very important, but this one, Damn, this one is serious. Yeah, and I like the idea of Maz having some kind of knowledge, uh, firsthand knowledge of Anakin. Uh, I'm I'm still convinced, even though it's been debunked, that that statue in Anakin's bedroom in Phantom Menace is her. Is so, Maz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some connection there. <laughs> so she's been uh, yeah, keeping watched, an eye on Anakin from a watched, very young age. Watched it maybe two weeks ago. I had it on. And I just paused it, and I was just like, "That's that's." Maz. It's got a Maz vibe. Come on. It's got a Maz vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So it certainly does come back into play, though. Mm -hmm. Do you think the Blade truly did call to Ray, as Maz says? Mm -hmm. Or do you like think of it that Ray has a a gift of a psychometry like Quinlan Voss, where she has the ability to sense the truth of items uh, uh, from touching them? I'm pretty strong on this. I hope I hope and believe the blade called to her. I love the character of Quinlan Voss, and I'm okay with this power. And it works well. Uh, Dark Disciple, they play around with it, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a. I don't take it too much. It's it's a it's a Jedi checklist power to me a little bit. Yeah. I I don't want that to be revealed revealed on Ray's baseball card that yeah. she's got that. Yeah. Um, and it does call to her before yeah. she is physically 
making contact with it. Right. It's the vision itself. That, right. And that's you know, great, great kind of evidence. But I've, you know, we've heard this a lot and, Oh, it's like, and I don't, I really do love Quinlan Voss. I'm glad that he's, he's one of the official Jedi that survived the order 66. We yeah. know now, um, that's my big thing of, of when you hear me talk and, and rant about theories versus themes and why I concentrate on that and, and you do as well. And we kind of do a sports center versus what's going to happen in nine. It's not a checklist of things. It's it's themes. And, and that is a, a dividing that. That's a great example of the two choices. One is a theme. This calling. Yeah. This, what does it mean? What is the what is it to be called to something that you're afraid of versus you touched it and you know. Right. Uh, yeah. I hate to sound grumpy. But. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, I think I can. I agree with your grumpiness and I okay. think I can uh, put it through the grumpiness filter. Please do, because I've had two <laughs> jugs of NyQuil over the last two days. Uh, yeah. So I've only had one. Anyway, uh, I haven't. It's a lie. Uh, I think there's that difference between, yes, a force power on a drop-down menu in a video game yeah. is one thing. It's another to just say that that kind of ability mm-hmm. would be uh, it would lend itself to Jedi and force users who are intuitive, who want to know, right? Uh, who want yeah. to sense things. And I like the idea of Ray being intuitive. Sure. Uh, it's the, a lot of the way that Leia's force powers are, are represented, right? right? Very so much. that you get the sense that yeah, the to me the blade is calling to her, mm-hmm. but it is also there's a power in the sender and there's a power in the receiver that she is intuitive and she is yeah open to it. And I, yes, no, I because I, the it's um it 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 says something about Ray, right? Right. Yeah. 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 No, and, and I I would not want to take away from Ray in that moment. So yeah, I, I and I still think that can all kind of skew towards the vision side of it. But that there again, it's a signifying, it's signifying that there's something there. No one can touch the blade. First of all, again, the blade's calling to her, and it's, re, yeah. it's replaying and greatest hits of her life. Yeah. <laughs> but then she touches it, and it's and it's it's like a, it's a positive negative reaction. It's yeah. it's, it's it's the puzzle piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a jokey way to say it, but I think it has depth. That that quick force vision is almost like speed dating. It's almost like yeah. here's a little bit about me and where I've been, what I've been up to, uh, <laughs> and here's some stuff that uh, my that, that I think I that I've yeah. heard about you. Uh, like, is, is there a connection here? Ray is swiped right on the hero's play, <laughs> but it really is it because it, it could have just been. Mm-hmm. Here's where I have been, and there are certainly elements of that, but it is also mm-hmm. where Ray has been. In, in her past and yeah. and, and Obi Wan saying these are your first steps. It's a powerful it, connection. Yeah, it almost yeah. feels like I mean this is where all of our conversation of giving this Kyber crystal more agency comes from because of, yeah. of Ma's really saying it's calling to you and and yeah yeah oh, absolutely and yeah. if you even give fifty percent of the credit to to raise intuitive powers or mm-hmm. or specific Jedi abilities, it's still the Kyber crystal crying yeah. out and going pick me up because yeah. all of these things. This is our most George Lucas-like episode. We're, we're <laughs> talking about the base level stuff here, the c- cells of the of the lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. No, I I I think that's a good uh, counseling on what I'm saying. I just think a lot of it is viewed. Uh, I don't think a lot of people who view it as the same powers uh, as Quinlan Voss. Psychometry, psychometry, psychometry. That's psycho that. killer Keskase. <laughs> um, yeah. 
I think a lot of people, and I don't mean this isn't me being grumpy at people, but when it's, oh, it's like Quinlan Voss, and that just makes it like a, the drop-down menu. Yeah. But to hear what you're saying, and, and, and I think it all kind of flows together, I love the idea it is a puzzle piece, that there's something in there, clearly something inside her. Yes. And I love the, the speed dating thing works. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 Here's me, there's you, let's go. Right. The blade is calling out, yep. but only Ray can hear it. Yes. Is two two uh, parts of a dance. Yes. Um, yeah. So obviously, it, it has lots to say in that moment, encouraging mm-hmm. Ray to pick it up. Um, but before Ray does, does Finn wielding the hero's blade mm-hmm. add to its legend? Because you can look at it from a real surface level of it was a for, for marketing and storytelling. It was a diversion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a sleight of hand. It was a look over here. Um, but I think it is deeper than that. What what do you feel about Finn using the hero's blade? I'm curious to, to I'm curious to hear what you what you think. I I I don't. I think we're going to find out a little bit more. Maybe I think it could be not necessarily specific to the blade. Um, on the surface, it's like Han picking up the blade to slice slice open the tauntaun. Right. Me. Another important use of the blade. Another important use of the blade. So, but. Again, going to this crystal as a character, that what Finn does in that moment, it's so brave and so out of love. Right. And so out of the true purpose of the blade. Both times, right? When Both times, yeah, at yeah. At the castle, but even more so when he's faced by Kylo yeah. Ren in the dark forest of Starkiller Base. Yeah, and I'm focusing on that one more. Yeah, because certainly he does, even Takadana does more than Han does with it. Well, Han's a fun little moment for us fans, but uh, it's a good trivia question. Of how many people well wielded lightsabers in the original trilogy, <laughs> it'll trip you up. But I do think it means more uh, because of the purpose behind it, particularly when he picks it up to, to defend Ray. That, that's such a brave moment. Yeah, born out, born out of love for the cause in that character, not the cause of the resistance. He doesn't join the resistance yet, um, <laughs> but the cause of good. Yeah, I, I think it is meaningful to me both times, but even even more powerfully when he's using it to defend Ray. You you have another thought. Going see. to Takadona, uh, it's a chill-inducing moment, especially the first couple times I saw it with fresh audiences every time when when he's like, I need a weapon, and Maz is like, you have, have one. one. Yeah. Everybody reacted to that. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah it is, I mean, it's the power. Mm. I, I think that there's the more from the original trilogy uh, power of it is uh, about hope. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you mean something because it's not just a cool sound. It's a I'm standing up. Yes. Like this yes. is the sound of standing up to mm-hmm. the challenge. Uh, and you, you get that power when he ignites it in The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it does have to do with the word awakens, right? Yeah. That, that the lightsaber has been like, now yeah. is the time. The Force is awakening. I am awakening. Ray, <laughs> uh, you are meant to wield me, Ray. So, Ray, please pick me up. But if not, Ray. Yeah someone pick me the hell up because I'm awake. Everything's awake. Let's go. And we need to go. There's a darkness. Yeah. coming. So you need to stand up and you need to, I am of the light and yeah. the darkness is coming. Pick me up. It's as you as know, the blade itself is saying, if you have warriors, now is the time. Now is the time. Yeah. So I, we were going to talk about this a little bit more, but I think for me, Finn's use ties into, I feel like the blade shifts from just being a symbol of, a symbol of hope, a symbol mm-hmm. of the light, a symbol of inheritance and legacy to be a powerful symbol of accepting or rejecting 
the call to action, mm, mm-hmm. the literal sort of uh, mythical hero's call. hero's call. And this is like, uh, it, it shifts a little bit in meaning. It, it, yep. In the original trilogy, it's the connection between Luke and Vader in the past and the present. And this is, it's, it literally calls, using the word call yeah. to Ray. And Ray says, nope. nope. And then uh, again, Finn, that great moment where uh, Maz is saying, Finn, you have a weapon. Pick it up. And then he picks it up again and answers that hero's call to defend Rey. And we're going to yeah. talk about all of its uses that way in Last Jedi in a few minutes. But I, I, it's yeah. just really powerful to me because that's what it starts to symbolize, which is complementary but different from the original trilogy symbolism of the hero's blade. It's almost... I love throwing these out there, these deep connections that may not be there, but I love the idea of it. It's almost like Finn in that moment is is Sam to raise Frodo. Yeah. You have rejected it or you can't handle it. I'll carry this. I'll answer the call until you're ready. Yep. And and gets her over the finish line in a way. And I, I think that's, again, I hear a lot. Uh, Finn doesn't have a lot to do. I think Finn has a lot, a, a, a lot going on yeah. in his moments. Yeah, uh, if you look at him closer, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so going uh, to some of its uses in the Force Awakens and its symbolism there. So Kylo says that the blade belongs to him, and we don't mm-hmm. have the full backstory. We got a, a comic coming out from Charles Sewell, so maybe yeah. maybe we'll get something there. Do you think? He literally physically recognizes it. I mean, we, we've seen hollows of Anakin using the lightsaber in Rebels. So, like, yeah. it, it's a part of family history. It's a part of galactic history. So do you think he literally recognizes it? Does he sense it? Is it a part of this story of the past where the family had it for a while, but it somehow ended up back with Maz? How do you feel about that moment where he's like, it's mine? I was thinking about that. Like, we've, There's nothing to say that it wasn't found by Lando. Hey, we did some cleaning <laughs> after the battle. Doesn't anyone want this? Yeah. This was Luke's, I think. Uh, and Luke says, yeah, I got one. Put it on the shelf. Maybe I'll pay. Yeah, I'd never. You know, we, we, we don't. I think we discount that uh, option too quickly. Um, and that maybe he... This is, to- this is a total just f- headcanon fan fiction. Ben grew up thinking that's what's going to be mine. Yeah. When you're old, when you're old enough, we're going to pass it down. I, I I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think the blade disappeared, and but so I, I'm interested in that idea. But I'm interested in his sense of ownership because if it's attached to uh, Anakin Vader, you know, yeah, he just thinks it could be a cape. That's my cape because yeah, that's you know, I got my shrine I'm building that you'll see in in, in Episode Nine. Yeah, I need it for my shrine. Uh, there could be some kind of false sense of ownership there. Yeah, I like the idea that he would be. Uh, literally obsessed with it of like wanting to know mm-hmm. like what did it look like what happened to it like that yeah. he would want to know that history so there's that level there's also like i feel of course he had has to be able to feel it right he is oh yeah so tied in knots about his legacy this Definitely. blade has been a symbol mm-hmm. of legacy it's been wielded by luke who i imagine he looked up to at some point yeah uh, anakin vader who he looks up to now and he's so twisted inside about I want the power of my legacy. I want to live mm-hmm. up to the legacy of being Vader. Yeah. But I also want to carve my own path. But it's su- it's such a it's such a strong moment to to say that belongs to me because I matter in the story. Yeah. Not Finn, not Ray, not any of these other scumbags who are touching it. It's mine because uh, because I'm a Skywalker, I matter to the story. I think it's interesting too that he's in that vision 
Um, you know, and that just might be because of you know, the force at work, but like, yeah, is the blade itself is inserting some stuff in like watch out for this guy yeah absolutely you know, like, watch I, out for this been around this kid or heard about this kid it, the the vision to me the way it's constructed has a little bit of like ray you have to face this mm, guy mm-hmm, you know because mm-hmm. while she is seeing the, the her parents ship take off the, the you know it, it mm-hmm. kind of closes into that light that looks the similar to me of yep. the way the light closes off right before han is killed by yep. kylo um, and then, mm-hmm. of course, the actual vision of Kylo and Knights of Ren and all that. Yeah. Um, that it, it, it is that it has really made a choice of like it does not want to be a part of that legacy. Yeah. Uh, but Kylo wants it to be a part of that legacy. Uh, so uh, going along with that. Again, uh, not to diminish Ray in any way, because this, mm. this is such a scene of strength for Ray. Um, but thinking of the lightsaber as a symbol, thinking maybe of the Kyber as a, with a little bit more sentience, it flies to Ray. Is that, mm-hmm. is that, uh, do you interpret that really is if we accept the lightsaber as a symbol of the light and of hope mm-hmm. that it's like, no, no, Kylo, this, this is, she's answering the hero's call that I put out to her earlier. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think it does. It means that it, it, it's 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 her moment. It's it's a moment uh, not a lot of us weren't ready for, right? Should have should have been Luke's moment, right? Nah, it was hers, and and it needed to be hers, and the lightsaber needed it to be hers. Too. Yeah, I like that uh, that moment for so many reasons, uh, and how it harkens back very intentionally, I think, to the snow and Hoth and the call. Yeah, and you're so close, and and not sure if you can, you know, even yeah. for Kylo. Yeah, so confident that this was going to be his moment. Yeah, they, yeah that, and that's great too. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's all tied up in, in, in its uh, meaning, his legacy. But but Kylo's uh, assumption mm-hmm. that it yeah. belongs to him goes back to kind of stuff we were talking about. With what is the beginning of this blade? Is it aware that it's going with the chosen one? Is going right. to be at pivotal moments and and going like no, 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 Kylo. I called out to her. I yeah. want to be with her. her. <laughs> and in yeah, in the power of her accepting yeah. the call. Uh, so, and of course, uh, she defeats him with it. Uh, yeah. she scars him with it, which is another of the big acts of the blade itself. It's an easy thing. You can just think Ray gave him that scar. Like now this, this guy like Kylo is twisted inside about the legacy of his family and the legacy of his family cut his face. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing it on the outside, <laughs> you know? Um, do you think, uh, her connection to the blade, you know, Mm-hmm. aided in in her ability to access her potential yeah. and her power. Yeah, and I don't think that takes anything away from Ray. She's a skilled street fighter. We've seen that. We saw that in action. It was established. Um, but she also, it's established that Moss's words were important in that moment. She closes her eyes to force. Let it in. It will guide your actions. And that takes a lot of strength that she is truly answering the call in this moment. She's answered the call. Now she's specifically answering the call. Yeah. She's, she's closing her eyes, letting the force in and, and the force is, is, is uh, combining with her. And that's that, as we've seen, a lot of people run away from that. Yeah. So it's a great, great strength for her. Yeah. And even if you don't, um, uh, <laughs> imagine the blade mm-hmm. or the kyber crystal being is, is sentient as we've, we've uh, joked around with, but just that idea of like, you can yeah, feel yeah. its energy and just you can imagine that scene. It just sort of singing of like, yes. with joy of like, yes, 
Yeah. Yes, because I mean, again, that's that's uh, that's fighting to live, right? Yeah. Look, you and I were having a lot of fun with this idea, but I think it's an important idea that was introduced in the gathering. It was so we're just playing that out. But is it all specific? No, but I I, I think it's there. I think that stuff's there because a lot of the new canon ties so well to the stuff George introduced and 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 Filoni and team introduced in Clone Wars as well. So yeah. Yeah, I know we're having a little bit of fun. You yeah. keep kind of saying that. But I, I think in these moments, the blade, uh, the blade, that's why it is so important. It's the hero's blade, capitalized. Yeah. It's, 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 it's just, yeah, it's just so powerful of me to think of them in sync, yes, right? In yes. per, like, it's, yeah, it's not, um, mm-hmm. I don't want, I just don't want it to come off in any way that I'm saying, like, the blade's the real hero of the Force oh, Awakens. Yeah. It knows what it wants, so it flew to Ray. No, I, yeah, I, yeah. But I'd like that idea of, if you accept this canon idea of, Hey, you, you forge a bond with your crystal and the crystal mm-hmm. is saying like, I want to forge this bond with you. I want you to wield me. I want to yeah. be the vehicle of your choices and your decisions mm-hmm. and that they're in harmony in that moment makes it even more sort of absolutely powerful because it's just such direct storytelling in the force awakens of it calls to her. She says no. Yeah. And she accepts it. Yeah. And, and then unlocks her full potential. That is even more of a testament to Ray's strength than just great fighting skills. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to talk a little bit about this idea of it being the symbol of the hero's call, and then we'll get to a little bit more of its uh, specific actions in Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. So we just talked a bunch about Ray accepting that hero's call. Mm-hmm. And then the first thing she do, does is offer it to Luke, throws it away. Before she leaves, she offers it to him again. Even after she's picked it up and kind of accepted it as her own, she tries to give it to him again. Uh, even in the battle on uh, 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 on the uh, the supremacy there, she willingly gives it to Kylo <laughs> yeah. to save him. Yeah, uh, and then eventually Luke chooses it for his projected self on crate, which to me is him answering the hero's call that she has offered him with the lightsaber. Right. Uh, how, how do you feel about just that idea that? This hero's blade, which is so important in the original trilogy, is almost more important in the sequel trilogy. Hmm. It is the symbol of you have to stand up and fight. You have to answer the call. With with Han gone, Leia distracted, doing great things, but distracted. Luke not want to answer the call. The lightsaber is like the only one around <laughs> going, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. Let's do this. Um, there's some of these incidents, you know, throwing it to Kylo, uh, who she refers to as Ben in that moment. Our fun little moments, inside, you know, I don't, I, we could have fun digging into the what the crystal's thinking in those moments. But I think some of it's just, just fun moments. But but um, Luke choosing it and, and how that incites Kylo. Yeah. I mean, you know, the green blade would have probably done enough. I could get behind the idea that the green blade, Ben, would be like, oh, that's one you almost killed me with. Jerk. Yeah. But it's something he wants, and it's being taunted by the legacy that, that Luke's saying, oh, yeah, this isn't your legacy. You, you've, you've rejected this legacy. Yeah. It all works. And yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, from Luke's perspective, mm-hmm. if a part of what he is doing is showing Ray, I hear what you are saying, mm-hmm. that you, you need me to lead by example, you uh, you you came here with hope with Leia's hope that blade is still a symbol of hope and I need to take action. Yeah. I need to let myself be a myth. Cause that's, what's going to be best for the galaxy. Uh, I found my own way to do it, but here I am. And it, the, the Luke choosing the blade is almost to me like a message to Ray. Yeah. Of like I heard what mm. you were saying. I you see mm. that you offered it to me. I'm picking yeah. it up. Yeah. 
I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm focusing on the anger it causes in Kylo, but there's... Uh, yeah. There's that, so, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully some joy uh, if somebody uh, ever gets around to describing to Rey mm-hmm. exactly what they saw from Luke Skywalker. Uh, talking some more about its specific actions, bef- uh, besides mm-hmm. almost killing a porg, um, <laughs> Kylo well, Ren uses it to destroy Snoke. Yeah. It's easy to overlook that as a massive moment right. for this blade that, in theory, was you know, destined to fight the darkness. Right. Cut the darkness in half. Is this one of the blade's greatest victories? I think it is. I think it is. And I think it's telling that that victory ends with it flying into Ray's hands again. (laughs) Um, I also think it is, it is enough evidence for Ray in that moment to think uh, that he has accepted uh, that or returned to that part of his life. Yeah. Kylo Ben I'm talking about. I mean, she buys into it. She calls him Ben, all those kind of things. So, yeah, I think there's a lot there to that moment other than, you know, hey, it's a lightsaber that was there. But it's 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 also a testament to Snoke being afraid of Luke and what kills him. Luke's blade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should have been. Yeah. Should have been afraid. Um, so there's a lot to that moment, too. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, uh, they're weapons and they, yes. uh, they can be, you know, yeah, yeah. thrown and manipulated by the force and all those things we've never seen. Yeah. We haven't seen yet in canon anything where somebody tries to ignite a lightsaber and the Kyber Crystal is like, no, thanks. No, thanks. But it does have that a- added weight in meaning that yeah. when Kylo picks it up to do something, even if he is doing it from a place of anger, maybe a place of attack, it's still ultimately a good thing yeah. for the galaxy to end Snoke, yeah. right? Yeah. Snoke is yeah. is a darkness that must be opposed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is cool to see. It, it works so well when Ray has such hope for Kylo, right? Yes, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, earlier you wanted to have this because you just thought it was yours. Now you used it in an arguably powerful right. and arguably good way, but you let it fly to my hand because he could have just taken it, right? <laughs> Right. He could Absolutely. have said, that's mine. So that it yeah. just makes it so powerful for Ray's hope for Kylo. It is why she falls for it. And, right. I, and I say falls for it like she's not naive. She, there's evidence right then and there. It's evidence as an audience. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, it has a, some a mm-hmm. great time cutting through it's some Praetorian great guards. Time, yeah. And that, that to me is tracking its use. That's definitely defense. Yes. That's like, we have no choice. Oh, yeah. These guards are going to end us. You're not going to talk your way out of that one. Yeah. Uh, but then we get it's it's uh, one of its big moments in Last Jedi of the symbol of it being split between Kylo and Rey, um, which is split between that idea that Kylo has just presented to her that mm. he is the Skywalker. It belongs to him. Yeah. She doesn't have a place in the story. And yet she is the light right now. Mm-hmm. And the Kyber Crystal has made itself clear. Yeah. It has called to her. Mm-hmm. And in Kylo still fighting for that control. Mm. How, mm. how do you think uh, the crystal felt in that moment to be torn between the, these two? Well, we talked about the crystal screaming. This is definitely a moment where it's screaming yeah. in pain. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I think it, uh, I've always taken it as, you know, both on the surface that this is uh, the story split in two, the purpose split in two for them. But uh, that uh, I, I think Kylo, this is Kylo destroying his his past when he should be learning from it, should be accepted, yeah. it should be braced. And I think there's a little bit of that. I think a lot of blames on 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 Kylo in that situation, but um, a testament to Ray's strength in that moment. But the blade itself, 
How does it feel? I think it <laughs> does. It finally feel exhausted. <laughs> yeah, I think I've been it, trying for a long right. time to get to the right hands. It it, it just uh, it wants to go back to Ray, right? Yeah, it it's it's to coming back. towards Ray, and and Damn Kylo it. is pulling it yeah the other way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, to me, it feels like yes, the 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 blade wants to be used, but it uh, yeah. ideally wants to be used by Ray, and it, it's just such a great picture of the idea of. Is legacy and inheritance defined any specific way? Mm-hmm. Because you know, at this point, at that point in Last Jedi, if we we're to believe everything, Rey is not a Skywalker. She's not a part of the story, right? So that that fight between who does it belong to? Mm. Does it belong to the the blood, blood, or does it belong to the person who it chose and chose it back? Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. He wanted it. Yeah, he, he wants it. it. The person yeah. who wants it and deserves it. So it ends up with Ray, of course. And it's split. Mm. So moving into the future, it's not featured currently in any of the buildup to Rise of Skywalker. In fact, mm. it's in the, I think it's, the, so there's Spark of the Resistance. There's right. Resistance uh, Reborn. Know, there's the Allegiance comic Allegiance, book. Yeah. Um, at, in the framing scenes in Poe Dameron comic, she's holding it. <laughs> so she's really thinking about it. Right, right. Split in half. Um but there, I think there's even a line in the Allegiance comic of like, you're lucky I don't have my lightsaber. Yeah. So it's really absent. Do you yeah. want her reconstruction to be a story? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I don't know if you were definitely obviously not going to get it before the movie, but yeah, similar to what we we're talking about with Anakin rebuilding his, what it means for her to rebuild it on her own. Uh, does she know how or why? And does the crystal, you know, what does the crystal do? I can't. Is the crystal literally torn into the? I did some digging blade? on this yeah. in the Last Jedi novelization. The crystal itself is destri- described as being sheared. Gotcha. So, but it's a novelization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to see that explained at some point. Yeah, you know, uh, we're not gonna. It's not gonna. I highly doubt we're gonna see it in nine because that would mean we have gone a lo- about a year. Without her doing it, right? Yeah, without her doing it. That's yeah, possible. Yeah. Maybe it takes her that long. Maybe it's part of the frustration. Yeah. Maybe it's the opening scene. Maybe Kylo's like, hey, uh, I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to get my helmet rebuilt. These guys know how to rebuild it. But maybe, maybe I don't know. Yeah. I, I'd like to see it because it's we know that act of, of building a lightsaber is really significant. Yeah. And it's yeah. significant for this blade. Yeah. And I, I think it ties Ray's past together that she is... A scavenger that, like, mechanically, <laughs> yeah, mechanically put, fixing the hilt, yeah, sure, no yeah. problem. But if the kyber crystal, you know, especially if it's broken and it needs to be gently rehoused mm. through the use yeah. of the force and that knowledge, does that knowledge come from the books? I think I'm really interested in her story as seeing it as a, I'm committed to this path. The, the galaxy needs a Jedi. I need to be the future of the Jedi, even though I've, Mm-hmm. Got a lot of doubts and a lot of confusion still. I need to be the future, and this I can't be that without this. I need to try to heal. What is interesting, and it ties a little bit to the next question. I don't want to step oh, on Oh, no, it. go for it. But the idea that is she given the choice, or does she think she have a choice? All right, this one's destroyed. Leia tells me we have all we need, and she means that. For everything, but she also is like, oh, look at the look at the blade. We have the pieces are here. We can put this back together. Yeah. 
does she have an opportunity to maybe build another lightsaber? Yeah. And says, no, it's important for me to build this one. Yeah. And the legacy of this one and rebuild it as, as Leia told me to. Um in in theory, like I, I think that's a powerful choice. Yeah, powerful moment. I, yeah, I, absolutely. Because I think I I think I was even in camp. Oh no, this this is a story about the new heroes picking yeah. up the fight and going on. I kind of thought, oh, she's gonna maybe she'll use the kyber half the kyber, but it'll be her own saber, and who knows, yeah. maybe that'll still happen in some way. Um, mm-hmm. But when when the first trailer came out. And I saw that there was going to be this investment because it's not just she has the blade. It's the mm-hmm. thousand generations live in you, yeah. you know, as she picks it up. Um, yeah. I think there's uh, I'm really excited for these storytelling possibilities that I am not rejecting the past. I am picking up the mantle. Yes. And it, it's mine now. And that's the present. That's the future. Yeah. It it needs to be healed. I need to be healed. I need to pick it up and go forward mm-hmm. is using this blade that's been used to mean so many different things in yet another way. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot more powerful of a choice now. And I I think I, I, you know, I don't have the sound clips myself, but I think the idea, it's real easy to watch this on the surface and go, it's broken. Great. She's going to get a new one. Oh, that's cool. Cause Luke got a new one. Yeah. That, that ties into that's some poetry there. Uh, but I think now that we're seeing this sold as the, Rise of Skywalker, number one, that name's still in play, into the end of the saga films, and it tie, what 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 ties it together to most of the movies. Phantom Menace, I guess we we don't see uh, him using a pod race. Um, it's displayed. No, I saw it was interesting because I saw an article. I think I can't remember where it, it, a legitimate source. Yeah, uh, when I was googling, like, all right, I'm pretty sure I remembered the shard being split somewhere. Where did that come from? So I was googling. Uh, and I found an, an article right after the trailer for Nine came out, talking about like, oh, Ray's going to have the blade back, mm. the one that's featured in all nine of the Skywalker. And like, no, oh. first appears in Revenge of the Sith, doesn't appear mm. at all in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, it, and it's in that made me think about how much it has adopted this power yes. and this legacy, even though it has not been there from day one. But it's the right. symbol of. Of yeah, what's yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. It's the symbol of the advice that Shmi gave Anakin mm. in, in the Phantom Menace, right? It's the yes. It's the symbol of this was this was what I was striving for, Luke Skywalker says, but I I didn't I never achieved that mastery with that blade. Mm. My green blade is a symbol of achieving mastery, but but this blade is still in play because it it's touched right. every part of the the yeah. uh every one of the stories. Every every era. Yeah. And and it's adopted this extra meaning which was even more than it had previously which is you know with this title the rise of skywalker that's got all of us uh, still kind of wondering yeah what could it be what could it be i think it now that really ties into it now could she get something else along the way well apparently she's gonna get her her switchblade uh, red one or whatever <laughs> that's going on there uh, i remember at one of the celebration panels she seemed to daisy ridley seemed to be somewhat coy like a little yeah. bit of of, of the, the, she was asked specifically about the right, lightsaber. right, because yeah, because she said like, well, there, I, I, there's some stuff, stuff going on, yeah. but I can say I will use the classic, yeah, right? paraphrase, which could just be she knew that the vision was coming or, yeah, I mean, or whatever vision. It, it could be anything. Uh, the, the the red one that she's got, um, yeah, that's interesting, but um, I think it's. I, I really love the choice of it being there because yeah. it does tie it does tie the eras together, yeah. 
uh, what do you want to see of it in episode nine? What do you want it to mean? What do you want it to do just on a surface level? That's awesome place. Well, we know it's going to get wet on a, on a lightsaber fight on the ocean, <laughs> uh, uh, Kif beer, whatever it is. Kef beer, Kef beer, beer, Kef, Kef, Kef burr. Kef burr. I, I want to say beer, Kef yeah. beer. And I, that's where my mind goes. <laughs> Crack that, open a moon of Kef beer. That beer. shot that I love so much. And you listen, we all of her, uh, and the blade lightened half their, her face at the end. Uh, you know what I want to see? The blade be, uh, uh, deignited. Hmm. Uh, I know the power of not using it. Power of not using. It. I know the green one was the one that got tossed aside by Luke, but um, you know, wouldn't that be the lesson of the blade? Wouldn't that be kind of the you know the the, the we're going to win, we're going to do something else, and it's not necessarily going to be me striking out. Yeah, the blade being happy because it doesn't need to be used, right? Because that's no more pain and that, suffering. The, no, yeah, yeah, the power of the light side would be. I'm here if you yeah. must, if yeah. you need me. Uh, yeah. Yes, I will. I will ignite in defense. Uh, but yeah, I definitely want to see. I, I think it has be the possibility in episode nine of being a symbol of both the past and Ray's future. So I'm interested yeah. in seeing Ray wield it. She certainly does in Last Jedi with some of her moves with Praetorian oh, yeah, guards yeah, yeah. And, and all that in her practice. I like a big fight too. Yeah, yeah and I want to see Ray use it in in cool and and on on in surprising ways and uh, uh, be deeply connected to it and all of that. Um, so cool moves definitely, but I also want to see its legacy dr- uh, directed. Yeah, because yeah. right now it has it has been a powerful symbol in the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. Moss has kind of talked about it directly. Yeah. But there's so many opportunities for it to be acknowledged as a symbol by the characters. Yes. By Maz, by uh, uh, Force Ghost of Luke. Hell, a Force Ghost of Anakin. How amazing would that be if, yeah. if Ray has uh, yeah. communes with Anakin? And Anakin, <laughs> we get the story <laughs> hey, we started talking there. about of like... You still have that? Did I ever... I, have you found any of the records of yeah. what happened when I built that? Let me tell you. Like, yeah. there could be a moment like that. Palpatine could recognize it and and taunt yeah. her yeah. about it. Yeah. You know, uh, it could tie into whatever else we're going to learn. Maybe there is. We got that bit of footage that never uh, showed up in the movies, but in the trailers of Maz handing it to Leia. Yeah. Maybe there's footage of Leia talking about that blade. Yeah. So. I hope to see it just mm, actively good. move forward, but I hope to see any one of these legacy characters acknowledge the weight of it. I like that Leia idea, if they have a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, now that we've gone through it all, mm. what do you think the balance of the hero's blade is between the, the light and the dark and how it has it it's, was created by the Chosen One? It's been used in many fateful moments. Mm-hmm. What's the balance? What is the balance? Man... That's a tough one at the end there. I, I, I think that's why I, I this idea of it not being used to win the day or not being used in some greater story, even though it's there, uh, brings some kind of balance um, to save the day. But but um, what is that true balance? That's what we're trying to answer. Uh, what what is uh, you know what does Lucas say on it? What does Freddie Prince Jr. say on it? <laughs> I don't know. I think the blade. I want the blade more than balance. I want it to feel at rest. Yeah, it's been a long journey. Yeah, a lot of pain, a lot of murder. Yeah, it has been involved in lots of uh, mm-hmm. lot lots of dark things. Uh, certainly in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, maybe 
Luke wielded it in uh, Empire Strikes Back without uh, wisdom, all all that stuff. But I think when you look back at it on all the different things that it has meant and that it can mean, I think I still have this strong real world attachment to it of it's it's the symbol on the famous promotional photo of Luke reaching that's that was kind of reused for Ray in the last Jedi of like reaching up to the sky. It's the symbol of hope. Mm-hmm. It's the symbol of standing up to do mm. what is right. And I think yeah. when you look at the, to me, when you look at the balance of what it has been, it is the weapon of a Jedi. It is, it is yeah. of the light side and wants to be of the light side. And I think that's going to be really interesting with Ray. If she can, Stay. Firmly yeah. give give the blade its balance and let it be a part of the light like it wants to there be. There you go. Yeah. Dark Ray, get away. There we go. A deep, deep look into the path and the possible meanings of the hero's blade. With that, we are going to move on. And I know a lot of you out there, you have never seen a lightsaber in this light. And you're going to watch those scenes again and go, I can hear that blade. <laughs> I can hear that crystal screaming. <laughs> Audience questions, indeed. We got some from Twitter. Dale at DaleYNWA91. Any advice for UK-based Star Wars fans who enjoy listening to podcasts on how to handle the next four months without Disney Plus? Oh, Dale, I don't know, man. Yeah. Joseph, what, how can we comfort our, our international friends here? You, well, this has come up uh, on the podcast. Your, uh, your strong use of the force uh, and your deep connection to muting oh, on social yes. media. You're a, you're a muter. The you power muted, of muting words. You muted it all for Game of Thrones. So yes. I, I think there is, there is muting is mm. a possibility uh, mm. for sure. You know, I I really do feel for people because I do. Uh, I really do. I, yeah, not to be flip about it. It that sucks when you have to basically disengage from the fandom, disengage from podcasts, disengage yeah. from social media if you want to go in spoiler free. Yeah, uh, that really sucks. I I guess for me, if I were in that position, mm. I would. I think I would just try to embrace that. Hearing spoilers is not the same as experiencing something for yourself. Right. Right. And you do, when you see something, you do experience it for yourself. Mm -hmm. So if, if it is that job didn't die, which would be weird. uh, (laughs) And you just see that. Yeah. And that, that sucks. But I think just holding on to like, yeah, but it's still going to be different when I see it Mm -hmm. in context. And when I put it through, my filter and yeah. I will still have that memory of I gathered with my friends or my family or went into my Star Wars office alone. Yeah. Uh, that just trying to, to focus on the positive that hearing the spoiler isn't the same as experiencing the story for yourself. It's a great thought because you get it's a tough time. You got Rise of Skywalker coming up. Behind. It's not like you can just mute Star Wars and walk away for four months. Yeah. You want to experience Rise of Skywalker. I think that's great. We, we focus on spoilers we want to experience things uh, fresh. We, we, we as, as a fandom, we, when I say focus on spoilers, either you don't care and you dig for it or you want to experience it. And we usually, it's usually tied to surprises, right? Yeah. It's deaths of characters. It's returns of characters, right. big switches. Um, that does not make plot. It is just a plot point. Right. It doesn't, the themes we talk about, the themes we focus on here in Force Center, Dale, even if you learn something, and I'm sure it, you're going to be in a cafe and someone's going to say, did you, did you see that stinky uh, hut came back? <laughs> um, it doesn't 
mean anything for, like Joseph said, experiencing it and getting the full context and, and how it plays into the themes of Star Wars. Yeah. That said, uh, throw your phone away. Yes. So <laughs> we feel your pain. And uh, again, on a practical level, yeah. we'll do our Mandalorian reviews separate and we will try. We will probably yeah. fail and learn some lessons in a dark cave. Yeah. But we will try to not have uh, major yeah. spoilers flying around in the main show. We will try. We'll try, Dale. Uh, Tim Harrison at Tihari uh, writes. I want a scene in the Obi-Wan series with Ben, Ben Kenobi, meditating and seeing visions of Rey in the future. The scene ends with him saying, these are your first steps. Do you want connections like this? That's pretty interesting. Yeah. I can dig that. Yeah. It's not like high on my list of things I think I want. Yeah. But in, in some good context and execution of the idea, that'd be fun. Yeah. I definitely, I, this is a great question uh, and a great thought starter. I... I definitely want Obi-Wan meditating Mm -hmm. because a a part of his journey is communing with Qui-Gon and understanding how to, uh, you know, become a force spirit and remain uh, sentient within the cosmic force. Um, I don't know if I specifically want him to be reaching out from the past. There's something about that moment in Force Awakens that for my personal headcanon, I like hey, even Obi-Wan is reaching out from beyond the veil to say, mm. Ray, pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> These are your first steps. I do think it would be really, really cool if in, in the series, Obi-Wan was meditating and got various flashes of future that he mm. himself yeah. at, at that time couldn't piece together totally. and that part of them was Ray or the, the saber being in another chest like yeah. it was, like it is right now uh, in his mm. hut a few feet away. That would be Awesome. Yeah, we got, yeah, yeah. A little brand uh, from Game of Thrones, a little world between worlds from Rebels going on there. But yeah, yeah I like, um, yeah, uh, I like what you're saying there. I don't necessarily need to see that. It'd be interesting, but it's interesting. I like it all in the future, though. Um, Patreon we go. We got Josh Eddy. Josh Eddy says, hey, Star Wars F, Mary kill. F means forever in deve- development. M means make it now. And K means kill it. You have to. <laughs> This is great. Here are your three options. Ryan Johnson's Broom Kid trilogy, <laughs> an Old Republic trilogy, and Kevin Feige's Chief Chirpa trilogy. All right. Speaking to me. The gauntlet has been thrown down. Joseph, what do you say? Forever in development, make it now or kill it. Ooh, you have to. Ooh, ooh. Well, this is a very good question and a very funny question from Josh. Yes, so it I'm is. tempted it is. to just take it on its face value of mm. an actual Chief Chirpa trilogy. <laughs> no offense to the Ewok lovers. I'm sorry, Jennifer, but I would kill the Chief Chirpa trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, It's my my choice as well, so we're we're one for one there, simply because Um, (laughs) it's a story I want in book form because I want to get inside Chirpa's head. Yeah, if it was truly a Broom Kid trilogy, if it truly was Mm. that kid Mm. uh, grew up to be a Jedi and it's set, you know, 20, 30 years after the events of Rise of Skywalker... I would say, I would say after that, I would say uh, forever in development is fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, My make it now and full, uh, full disclosure, Josh put this question before Benioff and Weiss uh, left. Mm -hmm, So this mm -hmm. was Benioff and Weiss old Republic trilogy. Yeah. Now it's just old Republic trilogy. Um, I I still think that that makes so much sense for taking 
Star Wars into the future. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I'd say make it now. Um, for I think we're the same. Forever in development only because selfishly I want Ryan to go to other areas. But also let's just really take our time to get Broom Kid right. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. We don't want to rush really, Broom Kid. <laughs> let the actual actor who played Broom Kid <laughs> grow up. 12, I believe. So give him a co- Let him get to be a mm-hmm. grizzled 48-year-old and yeah. tell us the adventures go. of middle-aged Broom Kid. I, do, I am super excited uh, for Ryan Johnson. I'm excited for the possibility of an Old Republic yeah. trilogy, and I am excited to see what, what Kevin Feige yeah. uh, will have to do. Absolutely. Chief Chirpa for Disney+. Plus. I'm, I've been good with that. <laughs> David Cornette finishes out our day. Is it possible that all of the shacks we see on Naboo are actually clones of an animal originally called a shack? 1A. Maybe they are not butt cows, but rather butt cows. But coos. So shacks is <laughs> S-H-A-A-K-S. We've seen those in Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones are featured, featured prominently. Anakin riding one to impress Padme. Uh, but were they clones of shacks? S-H-A-K, Joseph. This this is a, a great thought starter because we all know that's how you uh, represent a clone is you yep. add an extra vowel, yep. right? Luke. Luke. Shaq. So anytime you see double vowels mm-hmm. in Star Wars, it's a clone. Yep. That's a joke. Uh, so it's a very funny joke. Uh, butt cows, thank you. Thank you. I've called them butt cows since 2002. So thank yep. you, David. Um, I do not want them to be clones okay. because I so enjoyed eating one at Galaxy's Edge. Oh, yeah, and I yeah, want yeah. to believe that was an actual shack. A butt yeah. cow, not a butt cue. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's uh, you know, I like impossible burgers and beyond burgers, <laughs> but I want the real thing most of the time. Beyond burger. So give me a shack and make it uh, no clone. But I imagine uh, there's a legend story of the shacks of shack. Yes. Uh, I want that story told. <laughs> Thank you, David, Josh. Tim, Dale, great questions. If you have questions you want to reach out or just join the conversation about this episode, follow us on Twitter at Four Center Pod. Use the hashtag force center like our facebook page website is force center pod.podomatic.net podcast available on a lot of spots uh, including uh, apple Podcasts, google podcast stitcher tune in um apple podcast sometimes there's a delay i've noticed getting up um but it hasn't seemed to affect this show as much it affected good. one of my other shows for two no, days not good. <laughs> not uh, we are on youtube as well instagram and patreon.com slash force center where you can support the show we also have uh trading cards on there if you want to get joseph yeah. jennifer and i at the highest tier let us know go support us at patreon.com slash force center joseph yeah so uh you can check out uh all of that on uh, patreon.com slash force center like Ken said, and uh, hopefully we got some new, uh, fun, exciting Patreon news coming soon. But you can also get some merch. You can go to tpublic.com slash user slash force center. We got all sorts of great shirts like our Speculate Responsibly shirt, which is a thing that it is just great to have that reminder on your body <laughs> to say, <laughs> oh, man, I want to decide uh, what I think might happen in Episode 9, but be open to the always moving future. It's all of that, but on a shirt. Sure. So uh, go to tpublic.com slash user slash force center. Check that out if you uh get your merch and if you are wearing it out and about or just out and about in your living room and you want to share that with us uh tweet at us and we will happily reshare photos of our merch in action 
Yeah, especially with the Rise of Skywalker coming out. You're going to, with a bunch of friends to see uh, Rise of Skywalker at a theater. Take a picture in a, in a Force Center shirt. We got a lot of things going on ourselves with me. You can follow me at Ken Knapsack. Go to KenNapsack.com. I'm leaving in a few days to go to Washington, D.C. to do some comedy with Mark Ellis. Go to MarkEllisLive.net for more information on that. Recently, I had the chance to be on our friend's uh, Star Wars Minute, a hiatus episode, uh, where they go back to something they already covered, and they, and they pull in a new voice to talk about it. So we talked about i think it was minute 110 of return of the jedi it's it's when the uh, superstar destroyer crashes oh and uh piet dies i got to talk about that so, nice uh check that out our friends at star wars minute joseph you yeah yeah you can always find me on social media at joseph scrimshaw on twitter and instagram and i got a bunch of stuff going i got some uh, comedy shows coming up my game night variety show here in los angeles have one on November 22nd, and we've got one on December 31st, actual New Year's Eve. If you're in Los Angeles and looking for something to do on New Year's, come have some comedy fun with us. Uh, in my podcast, Obsessed, uh, this last week, I put out a great episode about Raiders of the Lost Ark mm. with a friend of mine, Megan Sewell. She's a very funny uh, writer and uh, comedian, and a great, great conversation about how she loved Raiders of the Lost Ark when she was a kid and didn't have many ways to express it, so she just cut out every newspaper clipping of every theater ah, showing the movie nice. because that was a way to be connected. It's such a great That's look awesome. uh, at fandom through the years and, of course, a, a great uh, Lucasfilm movie, Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's on my podcast, Obsessed. So info on all that stuff is on my website at josephscrimshot.com. That is it for this week. We appreciate you guys listening, and I apologize again for my coughing. Oh, we got through it, but now we know a lot more about the Heroes Blade. We'll see you next time on Force Center. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.